Injured in a car accident? We cap attorney's fees at 30% of the first million. Any recovery above that is all yours. No recovery, no fees or costs. If another lawyer wants more, lawyer up 904. For accidents, injuries, and more, lawyer up 904. Jacksonville. They are not ready for prime time. Prime time. Prime time. Prime time. That's the name. Prime time. Prime time. What time is it? Showtime. Prime time. It's XL Prime Time, featuring Joe C. Son of a gun. Matt Hayes. His balls are different in person. Mia O'Brien. I don't know what they're doing. And Leon Searcy. Bringing you love, peace, and soul. Welcome, welcome, welcome. The noon hour is here. It's XL Prime time. Get ready to rock and roll in the noon hour. Jaguars, Pro Bowlers. Jaguars, Pro Bowlers. We're talking plural, not just one, more than one. And uh, look, Trevor uh, somehow, someway beat out Huntley. To get to that Pro Bowl. Somehow, someway. I don't actually think it happened. I Huntley think is both also of them, in the Pro Bowl. I think both of them were invited. Yes. But in the end, I, in my mind, Trevor Lawrence beat out Huntley to get to the Pro Bowl. But no, uh, uh, only because there are defections uh, from the Pro Bowl roster. And those were guys that were uh, on their way uh, to LV uh, to compete. But uh, like, say, Joe Burrow, as an example, he said, I'm not into it. Pat Mahomes says, you know what I'm into? I'm into the Super Bowl. Uh, and now, apparently, it's, even Derek Carr is going year. to get to play in Las Vegas, even though he left Las Vegas. It, this is what's going on, Leon. They, they Listen, they cheated, Trevor. It's no longer a pro bowl, all right? It's a carnival. It's a bevy of follies. That's what it is. They're games. There's no pro bowl. Flag the pro bowl used to be the best of the best competing against each other in the actual game. This I'm is, to, like, I'm that's not to, to take away from right. his greatness because yeah. Trevor Lawrence – in the month of November and December, oh. he was one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. Uh, look, I, I'm just I'm happy for him. I'm happy for the recognition. But wrapped around his recognition is all those other guys getting recognized for. I have no idea what they're being recognized for. Like I said, Derek Carr picked his stuff up and said, I'm out of here. He said, I don't want to be a distraction. Good, goodbye. Good night. And now somehow he's getting named, and, and he's because of the Burrow uh, bag out, right? Yes. Yeah. So Joe Burrow says, I, I think I'll pass. And now Derek Flipping Carr gets invited to the Pro Bowl yeah, after so, being benched. So Trevor got in via Patrick Mahomes saying, hey, mm-hmm. I got to play in a Super Bowl. Yeah. BRB. Yeah. Uh, so help me out here. Huntley got in. Because of the, Josh Allen. Josh Allen. And now we went to the, the Burrow Mahomes. Uh, okay. Okay. Right. right. So, I mean, pretty soon we'll be down to. Zach Wilson at the rate that uh, these quarterbacks are stepping aside and saying, ah, thank you for the honor. I'll gladly put it on the resume, but uh, well, how much may, better may is Huntley the than, water balloons. How much better is Huntley than Zach Wilson? He's exactly. better than Zach. Well, that's He's definitely whole, better. That's where the whole fan <laughs> right, I mean, comes in. Marginally. <laughs> yeah. Right? Well, yeah, I was just saying, even though one was a number two pick overall and the other one's been a number two uh, on a team, he's still uh, uh, seemingly better uh, than Zach Wilson. But, Leon, I, we always look at you and we say, hey, pro bowler, pro bowler, pro bowler. There's Man, pro bowlers everywhere. We might everywhere. have stopped doing well, that now. Huh? We might have stopped doing that now. Stop doing what? Saying pro bowler. <laughs> well, so you, say, you, say, you, say, you say all pro. That's fine. Yeah, there yeah. you go. All, all, all pro. pro. All yeah. pro. There you yeah, go. All exactly. Pro. Yeah. Because the pro bowler, yeah, it, it, listen, it's watered down, bro. It, it, it is watered down. When y'all were telling me the guys that were going into pro bowl at the quarterback position, I mean, come on now. We're dealing with fourth and fifth alternates. Now, at least Trevor is documented in the month of November, December. He was clearly 
playing like one of the two or three best quarterbacks in the NFL. But all these other guys that are getting in, come on now. I mean, alternates. You're dealing with uh, alternates on their own team. I know. That's what I'm saying. Listen, <laughs> listen. I only made one Pro Bowl, right? But I, listen, from my third year in Pittsburgh all the way up until I made it, I was a first alternate, which meant that they picked three linemen, mm-hmm. mostly left tackles, and then I, if anybody decided not to go to Hawaii, yeah. which they weren't going to turn down, <laughs> I would go in next. That happened. That that was like for a, a stint from my third year all the way up until I made the Pro Bowl. I was the first all in because everybody wanted to go to Hawaii. Right. right now, guys are just dropping. There's got to be the NFL is going to have to come up with some. First of all, they pay these players too much money. Where the incentive, the bonus to go to the Pro Bowl is probably like fifty, seventy five. I mean, but if you're if you're it's bur- not bad. oh, it's great. But right. I'm just saying. They're, they're turning down that not to yeah. go to the Pro Bowl. Exactly. They're turning, five, turning down 75 Gs not to go to the Pro Bowl, bro. Even and when I tell you, they take care of you. You don't pay for anything. That, now you know you, you're sport. You're Where rich. Where's in Orlando this yeah. year? Is that right? No, it's in Vegas. I was going to say, I think Big Lee brings up a very good point, folks. If the Pro Bowl was still in Hawaii, uh, people would go. Oh, okay, all day. Hang on now, because this is what I was going to ask you. We even reached a point, and it was probably 10 years ago, the money got so big, they were even saying no to Hawaii. Yeah, they were. Remember? That's, which is crazy. Th- there were some that just like, you know what? I, I love it. Thank you. But now nah, I-, I think I'm just going to lay Which is crazy, which is insane to me. I mean, when they, when you go to the Pro Bowl, first and foremost, it's first class. Everything's first class. Pick yeah. you up. First class flight, everything. Limo there. You get your money. You get your money on a car. So whatever you you were going to make in the Pro Bowl, whether it be 10, 20, 30, whatever, it give you a credit card, and they put the money on the card. Which is dangerous if you have a fiance or wife and she gets access to it. Because <laughs> that's both. what happened to me. Or both. It's or, really or, both. or both. Or yeah. both. You might come in your room after practice and see about five, ten grand worth of stuff on your bed like I did. <laughs> but, but other than that, it was okay. But no, it's a great time because it's like a fraternity. It's like welcome to the family. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember going to the Pro Bowl, walking by this bar or whatever, and it was Bruce Smith and it was Cortez Kennedy. Cortez Kennedy, I knew him from Miami. He said, hey, sirs. Come over here and pick up this tab. I'm like, what? He said, you're a newbie. You, you got to pick up that. Bruce like, Bruce was like, hey, you're a newbie. If he says, yeah. If you're, if you're a newbie, you got to pick up the tab. Pick up the tab. It was, it was a, Sounds listen. like the mafia. Yeah, it was, bro. I, it was it was the middle of the afternoon. All right. We had just finished practice about 12, 1 o'clock. And I'm picking up a $1,200 beer tab, a bar tab. I said, how much did y'all drink, man? We just got out of practice. Oh, that crazy, is beautiful. That is crazy. beautiful. But just to kind of paint the picture of how guys got bored with even going to Hawaii when everything was paid, taken for, this goes back to the golf. All those guys are saying, we want our money, we want our money, we need more money. They would have a winners-only event, no cut, big purse, in Hawaii, and they wouldn't go. They wouldn't go. Not even to recognize their own accomplishment, they wouldn't go, and that's just that's kind of how it is. But now you, it, it it's been boiled down to non tackle. It's it's it was already a bad product. Now this is just going to be a show up and be seen type of thing, and who knows whether the flag football will be entertaining. Just call just call it a fair. How about yeah, that? Yeah, Pro Bowl fair, you know, come carnival. Ha- yeah, exactly. Have a fair. Have a bunch of booths set up where fans could walk by the different booths and just get autographs. Just call it that. You play well, there'll be funnel cakes. Yeah. Yes. I don't know. Yeah. I'll about, go for that. How about fried, o- fried Oreos? Oreos. That kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. Fried Oreos. That's what we really need. Uh, apparently, uh, Jeff Prosser said on the drill this morning something similar in that vein, Leon. He wants to know about the water balloon toss, though. Well, Will there be a water balloon toss? I wouldn't be surprised. They're the best. Yeah. yeah. The, best. Uh, the, Pro Bowl, the Pro Bowl is not the only event in the football world going on this week. The Senior Bowl also ongoing. We're hoping to say hello to some of the reporters that are at the Senior Bowl 
this week, throughout the course of the rest of this week on XL Primetime. But Daniel Jeremiah of the NFL Network is in Mobile for the Senior Bowl, and he just released his first top 50, his 1.0 rankings of prospects for this April's NFL draft. Mm -hmm. Where do you think Mr. Anthony Richardson is in Daniel Jeremiah's top 50? Uh, I, I can't help but think he's going to be higher up uh, than he should be just from a uh, positional point of view. It's a quarterback, for goodness sake. They're going to they're gonna move. I'm just going to guess 16. Oh, you're way too high. Yeah? Well, depending on high or low, I think he's going to be top 10. I think he's going to be like 9. Okay. Leon, any guesses? Um, AR? Yeah, he's going to be pretty high, bro. I'm going to say 8. So he is the fourth-ranked quarterback. Wow. Okay, fourth-ranked fourth quarterback. quarterback. Okay, fourth-ranked quarterback. <clears throat> okay. He Clocks in at number thirteen. Okay, all right. So we're we're right at it, man. And the only reason I gave I gave Jeremiah just a little more credit and pushed him out of the top ten is because they all fall in love with the quarterback. We know that. And 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 Kuiper. That's at the start of the process, by the way. Yeah, we haven't gone the three months where he goes and wows him at the combine, wows him at the pro day. At the very least, he starts him a little further back than where the Kuipers and the McShays have him. Okay, so he's the fourth quarterback on their list too, because you have. Levis, you have uh, uh, Young, you have all those guys that uh, Stroud that are ranked ahead of him. Yes, so you have you have Bryce Young at number three overall. Okay. Jalen Carter is the number one prospect on Daniel Jeremiah's top fifty. Will Anderson you, is two. Grown man. Yeah, you agree with that? Grown man pants. Yeah. Yes, that's grown man. And then Bryce Young, uh, far from grown man pants, he's got the heart of a lion and mm-hmm. he's a wizard. Uh, not not quite grown man <laughs> pants. Uh, he clocks in at number three. And then you have to go all the way to number 11, and that's where C.J. Stroud comes in, and then Will Levis at 12 and Anthony Richardson at 13. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, I don't mind that because – By the way, put, the program one step ahead of – Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, two steps. Two steps. He, he put <laughs> – he grouped three of those together. One really doesn't belong in that group, even at 13, does he? He does not belong I, I in I that mean, group. If you're going just based on pure talent yeah. and physical ability and ceiling, he does. Yeah, you could put him. He clearly you can, does. Are you like talking about you, ceiling? Yes. Right, if you categorize it that way, you could yeah. say, well, oh, are you kidding me? If you, ca- if you categorize it how they do with every other position in the NFL, your tape is your resume, he's not even close to the right. top 100. Right. And so, Young, he has him up there. Number three. Yeah. And then the next two he's got, or the next three, he's got him grouped together. Correct. Okay. Here is what Daniel Jeremiah wrote about Anthony Richardson. He packs an elite arm strength and athleticism into a big physical frame for the position, but he is incredibly raw on tape. He has urgency and explosiveness in his setup. Ball jumps out of his hands from his three-quarters arm slot. His arm strength is special. He doesn't even need to engage his lower body to make power throws deep down the field. On the flip side, his decision-making and accuracy are a roller coaster ride. He yanks his arm at times, leading to some ugly misfires. He forces too many balls into crowded areas. He is electric as a runner, using his burst agility and power to rack up runs of 60 to 80 yards. In summary, Richardson needs polish, but his upside exceeds everyone in the draft class. He is a low-floor, high-ceiling prospect. Now, I, you know what? I wonder why is the quarterback position the only position where they're they're leaning on their development? Because if it was any other position, if it was a left tackle who was inconsistent on certain this, this, that, run blocking, or if it was a wide receiver who had speed but couldn't run routes or had, right. you Maybe know. He actually didn't you, catch it, the ball it, well. Didn't catch the ball well. But the quarterback position, for whatever reason, you know, they can have – they can be iffy or spotty here and can be – and they'll still be ranked high just because. Sounds a little jealous. Most, no, not just No, because like you said, every coordinator thinks. Thinks they can fix it. They can fix them. Yeah. You know well, it's, laugh, the, it's the most important position on the field. That's yeah, number one. Yeah. And number two, it's it's everything for a franchise. Mm-hmm. So if you've got a guy that has that 
potential that he has mm-hmm. and that ceiling that he has, you're going to think, again, all right, I can fix him. I'll, I'll work it out. We, we can do it. It's worth it. Mm-hmm. And so that's why there's so much of a – there's so much give and take with quarterbacks, whereas with offensive linemen or any other position, it's like, no, he's got this problem. No, he's got that problem. And then, boom, there they fall. You know what makes me laugh, though? So both of you guys well, is, you know, the collective point. It's the most important position – Yet they're willing to accept so many pitfalls yes. in their yeah, actual play. Yes. Because and listen, the risk reward is so huge. That, that's where it's going to be magnified more than but, any other position. Yes. Because if you're a left or right tackle and you you want to get drafted high in the NFL, you got to be polished right then and there. They're not bringing you in dull and want to shine you later. You got to right. be polished when yeah. you walked in the door, especially as a top ten pick. Exactly, you're a top ten pick. You got to be polished. But quarterbacks don't have to be polished. They could be a little dull, and then they sit. and then they want to and sit them yeah, for, a for a year or two, or, two or three, and or then four. polish them up a little bit, and then they ultimately it's they crazy. shine. What's Jordan Love? Jordan Love will be on his fourth year next year, right? Yeah. Is that right? Who will? Yeah. Jordan Love. That'll be his fourth yeah. year. If yes, correct. Yes. Yeah. Four yeah. after a first round. That after was not a, only spending a first round pick, didn't they trade up to get to get him too? Yes. Yeah, the, that was just an absolute bust. Okay, that was a bad decision. Okay, but because the because right now. The luxury of having a top 15 pick and not playing him at that position, it's unheard of. It does not well, happen. Well, we don't know if he's a bust or not. I mean, That's true. we don't. We he don't. We've never seen him play. They they're, put not him in. Pull, they're not going to pull Rodgers. Yeah, but they pulled him in, They put him in for a little bit. He missed the one game. Uh, they, you know, they gave him the game. He had a chance. He made it some plays. But at least what we have seen has been it, it just doesn't look like he's good enough to, to assume the role. He doesn't mean he can't. Doesn't mean he won't. Doesn't mean he won't turn into Geno Smith somewhere down the road. I don't know. But, yeah, the only guys that haven't played a full season that were first-round quarterback picks are Love and Trey Lance because he's been hurt. Really, there isn't anybody else. Mac Jones, right out of the box. All He was the lowest uh, of those guys I got guys one for drafted. you. I mean, he played one game. Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean within the time frame that he's talking about. Yeah. Yeah, because You mean Andy multiple Reed, years. Yeah, exactly. Multiple years. Because – Trey Lance, there hasn't just been any like, other first round pick that hasn't waited multiple years. Well, well, Lance, Mahomes? just like Mahomes, he didn't play that first year because Garoppolo was rolling, and they, he might have started one game, and then they said, "Okay, it's going to be yours this next coming season." And Andy Reid, going back to the year that they drafted Mahomes, he had the benefit of right. having a good player at that position. Right. And then when he said the time is right, he said, uh, "Exit, Alex. Uh, intro, Pat. Let's get you a game under your belt this year because you're going to be the man next year." Yeah, even all those lower tier mid to late first rounders played eventually in their first year mm-hmm. yeah. all of them and yeah. the Broncos played two at one point in like three years mm-hmm. yeah. when they tried to find a quarter yeah it's it's uh it's weird that he's lasted that long mm-hmm. if he doesn't play next year and it's four years oh it's it's and it's you you got to say that they're and they already have all sorts of question marks because already. if he was if he was someone that they thought they could win 10 or 11 games with uh-huh. then you find a way to let him go let Aaron Rodgers go to get that money yeah, off. and by the way you want to know how badly they don't want to play him they're paying the other guy 50 plus million dollars okay that's how bad they don't want to play him all right that that tells me everything I need to know as far as whether he could win that position or not all right now let's do free agency here uh, Tuesday brought to you by Beaver Chevrolet, Beaver Toyota. You can find both of them online. You can find great people on the lot. And we're talking from sales to service and just everything that you need. You need that security when you're laying out the big cash for a big purchase. So make sure you check out beaverchevrolet.com. Find them on Phillips Highway. 
Make sure you check out BeaverToyotaStAugustine.com and find them on US1 in the AUG, and they will set you up with great rides, SUVs, pickups that can do the work that you want and the luxury and style that you expect in one of those sedans as well. So, JJ, we're talking about setting up the, the Twitter poll, and, and we're going to do this a number of different ways because, you know, you Jaguar fans, you got Jaguar brain right now. You came out of the season. You were close. You're only a few days removed from your season being over. So we're going to attack it a handful of ways. This will be the defensive question, the Twitter poll. And, J.J., phrase it the way you want, but pass pressure versus pass coverage, however you want to phrase it. Yeah, who would you rather go for in free agency, pass rusher or what would you say? Pass coverage pass or coverage. secondary player. Yeah. yeah, Because that's what we've been arguing about, at least off the top, is do we want a guy on the back end that will help them? Because, look, remember, this team had Trey Herndon doing some pretty important stuff uh, in, in key games, and he – isn't necessarily what you would want. So it's either that nickel corner that you're talking about, Maddie, or you know somebody on the back end, or someone that's going to create some pressure on on, a, on opposing quarterback. I think you got a better chance of getting somebody to, to to create pressure in free agency. I think you might have a better chance because you might be able to. I think you'd rather. Here's my here's my point. I think you'd rather grow on a rookie deal with a corner mm-hmm. than grow on a rookie deal with a pass rusher. If you're at 24, where well, you may not get an elite pass rusher, and because it's the, it's the deepest position in the draft right now. Mm-hmm. So you could get one in the second or third round that might, might do something for you, might, might give you some kind of pass rush, a lot like Smoot. Right. Mm-hmm. That's it. Whereas corner, yeah, well, it's, you know, you can yeah. get an immediate guy. Like if you can get yeah. Keely Ringo at 24, yeah. or if you can get Jerry Porter Jr. at 24, wow. Yeah, yeah I, I want somebody who's going to affect the quarterback at the snap with the ball. Mm-hmm. I want them to have that kind of effect like an Aaron Darden or Chris Jones. I need someone that can stop the run, but they can maneuver from the from the, the center, the guard, and the tackle and be effective. But do you, so do you want an, an, ex, an experienced NFL guy? I want an experienced All NFL right, guy yeah. that can affect Yeah, because uh, this team can't wait another two years for a guy to figure out how to, nah, how to rush nah, the passer. They it. need one right now. They need one right, right now because yeah. you're, you're a contender now. And, and, right. you, and if you look in the at window. the game, in the window, you got, you got a small window. You got a small one. You got four, five years. Mm-hmm. Get it right. So right. if you missed our conversation yesterday, let's go back and take a look at some of the top free agents that would be available on the market based off of their pay price, or excuse me, how much mm-hmm. they fetched in 2022. The number one name on the list, 30-year-old Marcus Peters. Bradley Roby, also at 30 years old, currently with the Saints. He made $10 million this year. James Bradbury, Jonathan Jones, highly productive for the Patriots, was mm-hmm. one of the top PFF guys. Anthony Brown. Emmanuel Mosley, Cameron Sutton, Troy Hill, Anthony Averett, Patrick Peterson, yeah, who is 33. Yeah, there's definitely guys. Eli Apple, two. Eli Apple, a little bit further down the list. Uh, yeah. Mike Hughes, Kyle Fuller, Byron Murphy. Any of these guys tickle your fancy? No, there's a few other guys. I don't think any of those guys. Yeah. So, so looking, so this is who would be available yeah. at the corner position on the free agent market. So, looking at that. You would say, I'd rather go out and draft a guy. I'd rather go draft a corner anyway, because I'd much yeah, rather have a corner on four or five years of a rookie deal than a Yeah, and that Shaq Griffin dude kind of scares it, me it a little bit. It should sour people. It does. Yeah. It really does. We tried to go out there and get a veteran guy. And you didn't... The other thing, Leon, is just the way the coordinator coaches, man versus zone, you got to find guys that match up True. with what your, your coordinator Absolutely. wants to do. Absolutely. But if you go and get in a corner in the first round, like in the late 20s or whatever, He's got to be impactful from day sure. one. He's got, he's got mean, to. Here's another way, and I don't know how you avoid not looking at it like this, honestly. You've used top seven picks in two of the last, what, four years? Top. On edge guys? Yes. Right? 
This no, year. No, no, uh, well, who, Chase on and Walker? Oh, no, three of you had Chase on. Yeah. So I'm three in the first round, even. Yeah. Three in the first round, okay? Yeah. In the last five years, four right. years. Yeah. So this and, year, so this year, those three guys, I believe they combined for 10 sacks. Is that right? Uh, I think Josh Allen finished with like seven or eight. Let me double and then check. Tra- yeah. and, and, and Trayvon had two. Yeah. And I think Chase and I had one. I think he did get credit, 45 on the stat sheet. So, so you've, you've used three yeah, value. Yeah, Josh Allen had seven sacks. You've yeah. used three value picks. Right. Okay. In the last four years. 20th or higher. To get the quarterback. Yeah. And this year they combined for 10 or 11 sacks. Yeah. And they haven't done it. They right. really haven't done it. And so this is the problem. The problem's the problem. It's still the problem. Sure. You still can't get to the quarterback. And that's why I fight and, and wrestle, try and you, figure out whether I want an interior guy you, or I still need that guy off the edge to actually do something. You couldn't get to a one-legged quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, think about that. They could not touch Mahomes. I guess the point I'm making is, I, I mean, and Leon can speak to this because he's played in the league, but I, I just see it as an edge guy. It's rare where you're going to get an edge guy that gets out there and gets 10 sacks in, in season one. Mm-hmm. Now, Hutchinson was that guy. Yeah, that was Josh. That was the guy, yeah, okay? Yeah. Um, it's rare you're going to get that, and that was a, a second overall pick. Mm-hmm. They're 24 now. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what you get. It's a deep draft for the edge, no doubt about it. But I don't know what you get at 24. I think you're much better off with a, a corner that can step right in, day one, and play your slot, day one. Whereas with the edge, you're, whoever you draft as an edge is not playing day one. Yeah, I'm just looking yeah. to see if some of these guys, Bradbury and Sutton, if some of these guys price-wise will be worth it. But uh, the way they're uh, dealing with the salary cap right now, it's probably going to be really, really tough to even think about any of these guys. Now, let me present the other half of this to everybody out there. Now, that's our Twitter poll. You can go to at1010XL, and you can check it out and, and definitely let us know as far as what you think. But when was the last time this happened? This team potentially saying goodbye to free agents that are on the market that they have to re-sign to keep that are among the top 50 that are available out there. When's the last time that happened? Okay, Arden Key, you might consider among the top 50 available players for re-signing or for re-signing here or a free agent. And then obviously you have Evan Ingram and Jawan Taylor. That's pretty good. Right. And this football team hasn't had the – in other words, when, when guys left, nobody really was knocking on their door, including the hometown team to keep them here. So when we come back from our first time out, I not only want to look at some of those top free agents potentially that could, if the money is moved around, could be added – at that edge position, mm-hmm. but the franchise tag numbers did come down for this 2023 offseason. Yeah. And so with regards to those guys you just mentioned, Evan Ingram, Jawan Taylor, who expre- have expressed potentially wanting to come back, would you pay that price for them? All right, so let's put those numbers out. And you guys can hit the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosure, 641-1010. This will be a fun uh, all the way leading up to free agency just to start to pick and choose and shop around and see what you think can happen. But we also have to get into the ACC schedule coming up here in the noon hour. Uh, they unveiled it, and, and we already got our ACC uh, brothers over here, uh, Sirs and JJ, talking about it. Let's gonna... do a let's do a Bud Light pop off about what do you want? Do you yeah. want the edge or do you want the corner? Yeah, yeah, and you can hit it two oh seven seventy seventy one. You got an opinion, a strong opinion about either one of those two oh seven seventy seventy one. What side or back or front of your defense that you would go for? Uh, Irish Chaffel, he's about fifteen minutes away. We're going to talk about that ACC schedule coming up. A seat 
It's Lunch with Leon on 1010XL. Brought to you by Wingstop. Ah, yes, a very, very happy birthday to the guy we will also be celebrating on Friday, coincidentally enough. It's Jaguars head coach Doug Peterson. Got a birthday and an anniversary in the same week. What a banner week for Dougie P. Our happy birthday wishes go out to Dougie P. What would you like to gift the Jaguars head man? If you have any ideas of what sort of birthday gift you'd like to give Doug, whether that's, I don't know, a corner in the draft or a premier edge rusher in free agency, hit the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures, 641-1010. Matt also called for the pop-off line if you have any thoughts on whether the Jaguars should be using pick number 24 on an edge rusher or a corner. You can also hit that at 207-7071. Real easy, jump in on it. We're going to talk a little college ball coming up, but right now, you know, just staying on the Jaguars front and off the text line uh, designed by Lifetime Enclosures, you know, you're, you're trying to figure out exactly what is going to happen uh, in free agency to help kind of guide you to the draft. Now, this is completely fair. When you're talking about what Trent Baalke did last year, do you expect him to do something different this year? Hutchinson, nine and a half sacks. Uh, Baalke, he was there to draft, ready to go pass rusher. That's to Matt's point. You had three first-round picks that totaled, totaled three of them, 10 sacks this year, and Hutchinson was a half sack off of that number. So that's, that's where you're at. You've got to make sure that all these decisions count now. Okay, they've always counted. They really count now because you're closer than you have been in a while. I, I think it t- to me it's a question, like what, what birthday gift would you give Doug Peterson? Mm-hmm. I'd give Shad Khan calling him and saying, I don't care about money. Okay? We'll front load all these contracts. You just you know, let's you, keep it together and get somebody who can get the passer and cover somebody. Let's let's make a run. You, you just kind of gave me that like visual. Just imagine Shab walking into Doug Peterson's office and says, "Doug, I've got something for you," and he slides it and he opens the card up and it's a blank check, a blank check. You know, normally what what did you get when you, like your grandmother? She'd give you five. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, when I was young, it was one, yeah, and I was yeah. elated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, you've seen the twenty dollars show up. You've seen you know the, the other ones, and, and now that I'm you know. Older, it's five. Just imagine Shad sliding it over there. Whatever you want, Doug. Yes. Whatever you want. Yeah, that's pretty good, too. Dude. Yeah. Excellent. I like that. <laughs> um, I, I mean, that would be the best thing that Doug and uh, Trent Baalke could get is mm-hmm. just basically Shad saying, look, we are in a window right now. And they are clearly in a window right now because they've got a lot of young guys on rookie deals right now. A lot of right. young guys that could be really good players and are a nucleus of this team. So now it's time to go spend money, front-load contracts, and get complimentary pieces around them, you're very close right now. And if you don't think you're very close, watch that Chiefs-Bengals game. They could have beaten either one of those teams. Mm-hmm. They're close. They're very close right now. That's how you got to look at it, right? Because you're, you're a couple yeah. – we haven't been able to say they're a couple pieces you, away in a while. Yeah, you haven't been able to say that in a long while. But you, 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 like you said, when you watch those games, you got to say, how can, I, how can I most affect Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow? All right, because more than likely, the, one of those two guys, or maybe even Josh Allen, if he doesn't, if he he continues to be reckless with the ball, but but those two guys are going to keep you from the Super Bowl. So how do you affect them? Yeah. What's the quickest way to affect both of them? An interior pass rusher, defensive lineman. Now, like here's an example when you're trying to figure out how close you are, <clears throat> and there there are other teams that are on this list that also felt like they were built. They felt like they were close. Uh, but Cody Benjamin, CBS Sports, you can go and find it. It's real easy. It's basically ranking the team's chances that are eliminated to get to the Super Bowl next year, okay? There were 14 that started the postseason. Now you're down to two. That means you got 12 that were and now no more, okay? So just quickly, in order, he's going from 
worst chance to get back or to get to the Super Bowl to the best chance. Seahawks. Cowboys, he has 11th. He has that the second worst chance of those that were in the playoffs and got eliminated to make it to the Super Bowl, which I'm actually a little surprised. Uh, uh, congratulate Cody on having the Stones well, to say. Well, Paul heard. Yeah. I think Dak's at his ceiling. And other than that, they're getting old. Yeah, exactly. So then the Dolphins CD, are the next. CD's really good, too. The, the Bucks are the next because the Bucks are also getting old. The Chargers, I'm a little surprised he has them as far down as he does, but he has them eighth. And then he has the Giants in front of them, which is a little bit of a surprise. 49ers in front of them. You haven't heard the Jags mentioned yet as far as the best chance. Hang on, let's stop you real quick. This is weird because in previous years we always did, when we were doing rankings, it was always, are the Jags going to be 32nd, 30, 29, 28? And now it's... We are literally in Seinfeld Bizarro world yeah, right now. Exactly, everything is completely. If different. you were 27th, you were ecstatic, yes, okay? because you weren't, you know, in the bottom five. But he now has 12 teams, best chances of those that made the playoffs right. aren't still alive to make it to the Super Bowl next year. He has the Ravens fifth. He has the Vikings fourth. He has the Jaguars third. Whoa, that's pretty good. And this is the same Cody Benjamin, by the way, that put Trevor Lawrence below Brock Purdy in his quarterback rankings to start the postseason. Okay, the same guy. But anyway, he has the Jaguars third, the Bills second, and the Bengals first. That's 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 recognizing it's, it's sixteen is where that there is. are a lot of good pieces here. There are. It's also if you look at the if you look at the, the teams after the Jaguars, yeah, none of them have a quarterback other than other than a Herbert. Yeah, none of them have the quarterback situation really straightened out. He even starts out by saying Jaguars number three. Yes, we're serious. <laughs> they they may have been they may have scraped their way to an ugly AFC South title, but Doug Peters and Trevor Lawrence exceeded expectations, and he, you know basically goes on and on. And that's really what you're looking for is you're looking for the, the the coach quarterback combo. That's number one, and then you have all these other pieces that are starting to come think, together. Think about the other teams. Do you trust? Do you trust Kirk Cousins? Mm-hmm. Do you trust Dak? You can not, go down the list and those yeah, teams after the yeah, Jags. Right other, other than Herbert, there's not a quarterback in that list where you're going to say, the yeah, way, they can win. Miami, uh, Seattle, Tua, Miami, Tampa, they all have empty faces at the quarterback position right, right now because we don't know what's happening with Tua. We really right. don't. Well, I mean, listen, players also know that they're close because when they lose games like we lost to Kansas City, right. they watch the film again. And then they go back and say, miss block here, miss tackle here, miss route here. I'm sure Trevor's went back and watched the film and, and saw his miscues and said, if I had to hit that in stride mm-hmm. or if I had to hit that right there, it, w- it would have been a different point of the game, change the dynamics of the game. All right, well, let's change things up and let's head over to the Farron Farrah phone line to talk a little college ball. Now, <laughs> another interview on the Farrah and Farrah phone line brought to you by the accident attorneys at Farrah and Farrah. We'll get back to our Jaguar conversation about what you think can, will, should, all that stuff that might happen going forward. But our man Irish Rafael from Warchant.com joins us now because the ACC kicked out their football schedule for 2023. Ira, how you doing, man? I'm great. How are you guys? Uh, we're doing good. Listen, we're only a few days removed from Jaguars uh, still playing real meaningful football. So, uh, you know, Duval's still pretty stoked right now, uh, that's for sure. What, what, what did you think of – the ACC on the whole when you saw the schedule come out before we dig in on FSU? You know, I think it looks pretty clear to me that, you know, they 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 view Florida State as a team that um, is going to be a, a key player in this race. And we all kind of know that, but it's kind of good to see it that, you know, they, they I'm not saying they took care of Florida State, but they definitely didn't put Florida State in a bad situation. 
sometimes you get a schedule and you realize, well, wait a minute, why did all these other teams have buys before they play us? Or, or why do we have to make three straight road trips? Or, or why did this happen? Or why did that happen? They clearly did not do anything to really hurt Florida State. And I think part of the reason is I think they see Florida State as a legitimate contender to win the ACC, and they don't want to mess that up because that means they're a contender for the playoffs. Now, Ira, as we comb through this Florida State schedule, let's start right off the top. LSU, we know what went down in the Big Easy a year ago. This year, the game is in Orlando. Once again, the Labor Day Sunday night standalone game. Expectations, knowing that LSU kind of got aboard a rocket ship in the weeks after that loss to Florida State for both of these teams, because then Florida State obviously used it as a stepping stone, a step, or as a platform for quite the leap in 2022. Yeah, you know, honestly, I think when Florida State beat LSU, even though it went down to the wire, I don't think anybody realized how good of a win that was at the time. You know, LSU obviously has a great name, and, you know, they won a national title just a few years ago, but they were coming off a bad year, going through a coaching change, uh, had a lot of turnover on the roster, and and nobody knew how that was all going to play out. So when Florida State won, it felt like, okay, it's probably good they got them at the right time, early in the year, in the transition, um, but we didn't realize how good LSU would get, and, you know, it became a 10-win team, and Jay Daniels had, had a lot of success in his first year as a quarterback. And so, you know, they're a legit team. And now that, that game looks like a top 10 matchup. Last year, there was a lot of excitement about that game in both in Florida State's fan base and probably LSU's too, because it was the start of the Brian Kelly era. But nationally, it wasn't that big. This game this year, you're going to be looking at two top five, top 10 teams in a neutral site game. I think it, it's going to be one of the big early stories in college football. Now, however, for the longest time, I've been calling the ACC the Clemson invitation. All right, <laughs> Clemson has dominated this conference for so long. Is it Florida State? Are they are they well equipped to take over now? Look, they're in great position, and you know, and I think that, and, and as I was saying, like last night, even when you watched the show, the ACC Network show, where they revealed the schedule, the first player they opened the whole show with clips of Jordan Travis. They started off the show with five players, five star players, and two of them were Florida State guys: Jordan Travis and Jared Verse. Only one Clemson guy, Will Shipley. Uh, the fact that they, this game is early in the year, I think, kind of is a, is, a, is a nod to Florida State because, you know, it really gives them a great chance. Clemson will be breaking in a still new quarterback in Kate Klubnick, who's obviously super talented, but he's only, you know, it'll be his fifth start as a college football player, uh, whereas Florida State, they've got everybody coming back and a lot of veteran players. Um, so I think Florida State's in a great position. Now the game is in Death Valley. Florida State has had struggles there, even when Florida State was a better team. Uh, but the good thing about the schedule, and where, again, I think they took care of Florida State to some degree, is you know if they lose that game, now because there's no divisions, they could play again in the championship game. And because that game's early in the year, if both of those teams win out from there, if that's their only loss, then both those teams would still have it. Oh, there you are. I think we, we lost you for a oh, second. Uh, sorry about that. So anyway, I just think it sets up well, and, and yeah, it'll be tough for them to win at Clemson, but they've got so many things in terms of experience on their side, and getting to play them early in the year should be good. So I would clearly, uh, the, the, the difficult stretch after shooting Clemson is three of the last four on the road uh, against Power 5 teams. Um, I want to go quickly away from the schedule because we can break that down all we want. I want to ask you a question that's, that I've wanted to ask you now for a year and a half. Look, everybody has NIL money. Everybody can pay players in the portal and entice them to come to their schools. How? How is Mike Norvell doing this where he is consistently, despite the fact that he, last year coming into last season, they weren't exactly a hot team, how is he continuing to get these impact players, these guys to get, come to Tallahassee 
ahead of other schools that have as much or more money and, frankly, have a, have a greater short span of look at our success. Yeah, I think they really got uh, lucky in the sense that they, they hit it with some guys that first year. You know, Jermaine Johnson, Keir Thomas, uh, some of the guys they brought in um, that first year where they could really go hard in the portal, they got some guys who were not necessarily everybody didn't want. You know, Jermaine Johnson was a nice player at Georgia, but it wasn't like a ton of schools. A lot of, a lot of schools at that time, the bigger schools, weren't sure if they wanted to go deal with the portal because there was concerns about, oh, are those kids going to be bad attitudes? Are they going to not work hard? And so uh, some schools were reluctant, but Florida State got in early, had some success, and now, now last year the success they had with it is just off the charts. Johnny Wilson had not, really not done anything at Arizona State. He had 1,000 yards receiving. Trey Benson hadn't done anything at Oregon. He has 1,000 yards rushing. There's example after example. So now I think kids are seeing Florida State as, hey, they'll, they'll use me the right way in that one year, and I think it's really paid off for them. Catching up with Irish Chappelle on the Fair and Fair phone line, Florida State. Um, of course, the rest of the ACC releasing their 2023 schedules last night. Building off of that, Ira, I got to ask the real million-dollar question, pun intended. How on earth was Mike Norvell able to convince Jared Verse, Johnny Wilson, that whole litany list Benson of transfer too, guys, yeah. Benson as well, to stick around and come back for a second season? I think it's a combination of two factors. One is, you know, certainly there's money available. That was a big part of it. They had one of their collectives that, that was formed uh, this past year called the Battle's End uh, that they stepped up. And I, we don't have the financial figures. They won't release them, obviously. But, but you know, substantial money had to be provided for Jordan Travis and some of those guys. But I will say this, and I was told this very early on in that process, that Florida State kind of got a hometown discount with a lot of those guys because they had such a good year last year. Those guys wanted to play together. They feel like they have a chance to do something special. They felt like that the three-game losing streak they had last year to Clemson, NC State, and Wake Forest was more about them and what they did than it was not being good enough. And I think they 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 decided as as a bunch of players, kind of like what you love to see sometimes now with special teams where the players want to play together, I think they decided we're going to come back. If we can make it work, we're going to come back. And I think a lot of those players – receive less smaller NIL deals to stay here than they could have gotten elsewhere because they think they have a chance to do something special next year. It really is interesting, and I think Seminole fans should really be loving hearing that because that's a testament to Mike Norvell, who we can remind people went through kind of a hellish first offseason with all the stuff that went on, including you know uh, plans of attack against him. Really, if we think about it, Ira, he has weathered a lot of storms that I don't think many Seminole fans thought he, that, thought he could. No, there's no question. I mean, even this point last year, you know, people would ask me, or last summer, people would ask me, you know, is he going to get it done? And I would tell people, look, we're allowed to watch practice. I think he can coach. I like him. There's a lot of things he does that I like. But it, it doesn't always work. And if you go three years where you're not having success, he was going to have a hard time, you know, continuing his, his career at Florida State if they didn't turn it around last season. Now, fortunately for him, they did. It turned around, and now it seems everything seems to be going in the right direction for him. But man, that first year or two—if you don't get it going in the right direction—it gets harder and harder. And I, you know, I have friends that cover Florida and friends that cover Miami, and they'll you know complain about what's going on in Miami or complain about what's going on in Florida. I'm like, give it a little bit of time. You know, it's like everybody wants it done overnight, and it's just like Florida State. I think they benefited from the fact that they gave him 
that you know into that third year and things finally turned around. Now, if it's a bad situation, it's a bad situation. They cut ties quickly with Willie Taggart. Obviously, they did not believe in what he was doing. But I just think we sometimes we got to give these things a little more time. All right, Ira, a couple more at Ira Chaffel. You can find him on Twitter. He runs WarChant.com. You can check all things Seminoles out there. What am I going to do with these Atlantic and coastal flags that, that I have flying? I don't even know what to do now. I just barely memorized who was in each division, and now apparently – There's no way you memorized that. <laughs> no, there's no way, no way I, I made that up. Uh, but, but they're wiping it out. And, and uh, needed, warranted, happy uh, with, with the idea, uh, what say you? It went the uh, the way of – what was it in the Big Ten? Legends and leaders? Yes. Yeah, yes. They had for about five minutes. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, the problem with the Atlantic and the Coastal was they could never – there was just no – there was no balance. You know, all the good teams were in the Atlantic. Not that there was a ton every year, but, you know, you looked at the Coastal back when they first did this, you know, there was a lot of hope that, you know, Miami and Virginia Tech and some of those schools would kind of – Pitt would return to where they had been before, but it never – and Virginia Tech. And it just never really happened. So now you ended up with – uh, that's why there was a, a different winner of the Coastal every year because it was a lot of years it was the battle of who was the least bad. And now at least you, you have a chance of getting the two or three or four best teams in the whole conference overall will have a chance. So I'm glad they did it across the board. College football now is probably going to be going this way in the future. And I think it's, it's better for the sport because it's just hard to get a balance of power uh, in those two divisions. Ira, right, before we let you go, real quick on the, on the hoops, um, do we see a little momentum? I know they got blown out by Miami, but the Clemson game was a was a I mean if you could say a good loss. They're only five they're five and six in the league after just a horrible start. Is there a little momentum and, and is there a little pressure right now on Leonard? I don't know if there's pressure or not. I mean there there might be a little bit because this athletic director's only been here for a year. It's not his guy. Um so there's a little bit but I think there's a lot of supporters of Leonard Hamilton, a lot even some of the money people, um, who who love Leonard Hamilton, what he's done here over twenty years. So I wouldn't say there's pressure right now. Um, but, yeah, this year has been uh, awful. And it's partly because of injuries, partly because of uh, suspension they had. But but also, I think they've made some bad decisions. I think they should have gone harder in the portal. He brought in a bunch of high school kids this year. That was a mistake. He should have gone back into the portal heavy, more heavy. And uh, I think he'll get one more year to try to figure it out. The key is going to be, can they keep, like, Bob and Miller, the freshman who's really talented. There's a couple other pieces that if they can keep – I think they have a chance to, to give him at least a, a strong way to go out as head coach. Um, it's not going to have many more years here, but I think they have to turn it around next year for sure. All right, Ira. Good stuff, bro. We appreciate it as always. Uh, at Ira Chaffel, check out warchant.com. We will talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. Take care. Thanks, Ira. There he goes, Ira Chaffel. Again, you can check out Florida State's full schedule on their website as well as on all their social channels. A quick rundown of that schedule in case you missed it. Don't worry, Canes. Canes fans will get to you as well. They open again Sunday, September 3rd, standalone game at Camping World Stadium against LSU, followed by hosting Southern Miss. Then they travel back-to-back weeks to face Boston College and Clemson, a bye week followed by home games against Virginia Tech, Syracuse, and Duke. Then they travel to Wake Forest and Pitt in back-to-back weeks. The big one, home against Miami, home against North Alabama, and then they travel to Gainesville to round out the season. All right, so a thought, uh, Sirs, on the Miami schedule. You pull that one up, but just listen as a whole to the ACC, and this is where they do need to step up and win some of these games. We, we talk about it every year, mm-hmm. but they do have Notre Dame at Clemson. We mentioned Florida State, uh, LSU. We've got Georgia Tech, Ole Miss. The all the other normals, the Carolinas, the Kentuckys, Louisville's. You got A and M and Miami for the second year. You got uh, Notre Dame and NC State, Purdue and Virginia Tech. They've got to be able to win some of those games. 
Yeah, I'm looking at Miami's schedule right now. Um, Miami of Ohio, Texas A&M, Bethune, Temple, Georgia Tech, North Carolina, Clemson, Virginia, North Carolina State, Florida State, Louisville, Boston College. It's, I'm, I'm not wild. It's not a great schedule. It's not a great Which, schedule. By the way, the jokes write themselves if yeah. we lose to Miami of Ohio. Yeah, it's yeah. true. Oh, yeah. my God. It is well, true. I can't even fathom the I'm memes. glad Middle Tennessee's not on here. <laughs> <laughs> now, Miami well, of Ohio might be worse, bro. Did it you, might be worse. Yeah. Have, you, have, you like, have you played the game? Have you allowed yourself to play the game just a little bit as far um, as wins-loss? Wins-loss, I have. And I'm I'm getting suckered in. Uh-huh. Undefeated. I, no, no, no. I've got to set nine and two. Okay. okay. Who are the two losses? You see, I, I don't feel. Cl- well, you're missing nine a game. Oh, nine to three. Yeah, I got to nine to three. Who are the three? I, the three I, uh, at Florida State, I, uh, Clemson at home, and Texas A&M. No, I, I probably at North Carolina. Mm-hmm. At North Carolina. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'll no take, one should fear A&M right now. I'll tell you, the ACC protected Clemson honestly because. You you got FSU at home, Notre Dame at home, North Carolina at home. That's a that's those are three big games. Whether you think the ACC is a good conference or not, mm-hmm. those are three big games, all at home. Yeah, all at home. And at the end, Florida State's early on their schedule. Later to begin or uh, third weekend in October, they get Miami, and then they finish out against. They also North- get Wake at home again. Yeah. If you, it, I know the SEC people are driving around going, uh, wait for it. Look, it, 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 I'm talking about that conference, team, yeah, team. Exactly. They they also get Wake at home. That's four significant games of teams that were competing or have been competing for the conference championship in the last three uh, years. We'll see where North They're all Car- at home. We'll see where North Carolina is later, but they play them at home, but well, then they have to finish against South Carolina on the road. Right. Well, I'm th- just going to say that. Yeah. And don't forget, too, week three, they got to face the fighting Willie Taggarts. Yeah. Come on now. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, do, yeah. do they switch them out? Every, uh, uh, I mean. Well, this is go- the first. This was the first year with the non-divisions. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they could do whatever they wanted. Me. Okay. I got and you. and I got they're, you. to me, look, it looks to me like, it just looks to me like, they're desperate to get somebody in the playoff. They have to. And you just gave Clemson a very easy road. And, and, and honestly, I, I, we could take swipes at them, but we all say this all the time. Uh, what's good for me is good for me. And mm-hmm. so whatever is the best for the ACC, they have to look at it like that. Remember, this is the last year. Sorry, Mia. Yeah. This yeah. is the last year for the four-team playoff. Yeah. Real so quick, after this year, it'll yeah. be 12 teams, and they'll get someone in every time for that. Right. Real quick before we hit the break, Matt, um, walk us through, because I know obviously there's a lot of transfer portal movement at the quarterback position in the ACC, which was a strength of the conference a year ago with Sam Hartman leaving Wake Forest for Mm -hmm. Notre Dame, who again will have to go to Clemson, play in Death Valley that game on November 4th. But then also with Leary leaving NC State, we do know that there is a certain quarterback at uh, North Carolina who a lot of people believe. Drake May's coming back. Drake May could be the number one or number two overall pick. He's a star. Coming up in the following April's NFL draft. Um, So quarterback-wise, Wake Forest, NC State, North you know North I mean, Carolina scares I mean, everybody. Virginia Tech, what are we looking at? Brennan Armstrong had a great 2021. Gets new staff comes in 2022, just tanks. He went to NC State mm-hmm. um, from Virginia. From Virginia, right? Pitt lost Slovis, but Pitt has Pitt added. Uh, it's escaping me. Jerkovic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, from Boston, from Boston College. College. From yep. Boston College. I love these um, interconference transfers. Right, Jeff Sims will be the quarterback in Nebraska. That's a lock. That's happening. Yeah. Um, you know, the U, I, I don't know about the U, man. Yeah, they better get it right. I know, I know, y'all, I know y'all are excited no, about I, Van Dyke. You the better hope Marcus Arroyo gets there, okay? Yeah, we're hoping to go to the spread. 
With Marcus Arroyo. Yeah, with yeah. Marcus Arroyo. All right. I'm all perfectly right. – uh, like, if you're a Miami fan and you see TVD with his skill set and you and you say spread, RPOs, RPOs, that, that's where he should thrive, honestly. That's how he should thrive. All right. We're going to get back into the Jags. We're going to circle back to that conversation we had about dollars and cents. What will you – if you could give Doug Peterson a birthday gift, which shout-out to Dougie P. Today is his birthday, Friday, the one-year anniversary of him becoming the head coach of your Jacksonville Jaguars. If you could give Doug P. a gift in the 2022, 2023 excuse me, NFL draft at number 24 overall, are you gifting him an edge rusher? Are you gifting him a wide receiver? Or maybe you want to gift him Evan Ingram coming back with a nice contract. You can hit us at Twitter or on the text line, 641-1010, with your submission to that. And, of course, the pop-off line, 207-7071, also open, available. DJ JJ taking your calls on the pop-off line. We need a real dog on that defensive line. Not a nobody, but a big boy coming from somewhere else with experience, ready to knock heads off and get loose. This is Trick Bulky. Going to let you in on a little secret what we're going to be looking at this year. We're looking at cross-training players. We're going to want corners that can play edge. We want edge that can play corners. You can't go wrong. You can't miss. It's a win-win. We saved you a seat. It's Lunch with Leon on 1010XL. Brought to you by Wingstop. Trent's a smart cat, man. He's always thinking, why not walk him up? They'll least expect a corner trying to rush the passer. I get it, man. Way to go. Pop off. Always up and open for your takes. 207-7071. Dial it up. And in, in, in the first uh, pop off as well, you, you, need, you need Jimmy's and Joe's. It falls right in line with another on the text line. We're close. We're a Chris Jones, Jeffrey Simmons, Aaron Donald type presence at the inside away from being in the AFC championship game. Uh, and that's honestly, that's well, that energy you're looking for from the fans believing that. Well, back in the day, we used to call it the furniture movers. Mm-hmm. Guys that can move furniture. Oh, yeah. That's what we Big, need up front. Yes. strong, ox-like, savage guys. Yes. Yeah. So we are going to dive into that. We know lots of folks on the text line as well as the pop-off line are sounding off about what they'd like to see the Jaguars do, both in free agency and the draft at number 24. We are going to talk franchise tag, though, because obviously there's a couple players the Jags mm-hmm. would like to bring back. Trent Balky, Lloyd, um, the real Trent Balky, I mm-hmm. should say, said last week that he yeah, believes cool. the franchise tag won't be needed in this NFL city, but uh, looking like it may be used up in Baltimore. That just Happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. So the NFL Network's Ian Rappaport goes each week on Pat McAfee's show, and he just was on the Pat McAfee show live from the Senior Bowl, and this is the quote from Ian Rappaport. My sense is that Lamar Jackson will get the exclusive franchise tag from the Baltimore Ravens. He goes on to explain that with it being the exclusive franchise tag, that would mean he cannot sign from a, with other teams. Teams mm-hmm. would not be allowed to yeah, sign When him. you put that exclusive, you can't negotiate with him. You can't say, hey, if we brought you uh, this offer sheet, would you take it? And then we'll do the compensation. They won't allow that. And so, uh, honestly, I don't know what this leads to, but Lamar cannot be happy. I can tell you what it leads to. $32,416,000. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a lot. It is a lot. That's but, a but lot Lamar of cash. cannot be happy. Uh, well, you're right, but I mean that's it ain't fitty. It ain't fitty. You're right, but my thing is, look, I know he wants a long term deal. I get it. Okay, at the end of the day, he's not going to get it. He's not going to get what he wants. At least he might still get what they initially offered. But 
at the end of the day, he he needs to play again, bet on himself again. And if he has that season that this past season was developing into before he got hurt, yeah. right? It's a style. Then of you play get that... then you get that big deal, and and heaven forbid some kind of injury happens, right. you still got thirty two mil. Yeah. His style yeah. of play is what's got to. If I'm, I'm a, if I'm Lamar, I, I'm looking around the NFL, and then all the the so called franchise quarterbacks have gotten what they wanted uh, before the season started. I mean, all the Josh Allen's of the world, they got paid. Uh, Russell Wilson's of the world. All these guys. And it was a bad he, decision, though. Huh? Oh, that was a terrible decision. But, <laughs> but nonetheless, I mean, Deshaun, so Watson, Deshaun Watson got yeah, paid. All that might have been a bad decision, all too. These, and all, these elite, all these elite quarterbacks in the face of the franchise it got their money. Now, he bet on himself because I don't know how much it was on the table that he left on the table. I would think it would be at least 180. Yeah. All right? He wanted maybe more because he probably saw Deshaun Watson's contract wanted 240, mm-hmm. fully guaranteed. I don't know what the – parameters of the money or the length of the money or whatever. But he essentially, he, Lamar looks at it like this. I had 180 on the table. You're offering me 30. I just lost 150. Mm-hmm. And that's, how, that's what his I, I understand that, but my yeah. whole thing is this, though. He had one year where he was MVP. Mm-hmm. He's played well. There's no doubt he's played well. I think he wants Deshaun Watson type money. I don't think Deshaun Watson's worth the money he got. He wants the Josh Allen type money, but he hasn't produced like Josh Allen year Josh, after year after year. What has Josh Allen done? What has he done? Yeah, what has well, he I done? Mean, I mean, you, has he brought him a championship? He has brought him a championship. He won the MVP? He won the MVP, right? I think he did, didn't he? No, no he, he didn't. Did. No, he hasn't. Has no, he hasn't. All right. Yeah. And so, All right. And, and well, Lamar. And you know he what? hasn't even taken him to the uh, to the conference championship. Well, you can do that about anybody that hasn't, that hasn't won a Super Bowl. But I'm saying, that's, if I'm Lamar Jackson, I'm looking at Josh Allen getting paid by the franchise. All this amount of money, and he's done less than me. Mm-hmm. And Lamar sacrificed. Lamar sacrificed his body. Come on, I understand he won um, MVP. Did, was he the Was he the MVP of the league? Yes, he no. was. Yes. Okay, that's all. And, I mean, and, who's the better player? Okay, who are you taking right I'm now? I'm asking you a question. If, if you if, if you go into the Grammys, who gets the better seat? Look, you can go semantics. I'm asking you a question. I'm saying we go to the Grammys. Who get the better seat? Who get the better seat? Who you taking right now? Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson? You're starting. That's not the point. Yeah. He's making sure that he gets well, the that money. That is the point yeah. for management. Uh, for management, that is the point. I'm taking Josh Allen from the 20 to the 20. And he, I hate he's the reckless management right You're forcing me to be a manager right now, and I hate yeah. that. But I here's the it. other part of it, is that uh, coming back on the other side, they're going, hey, Josh, we're not giving you that money, or we didn't give you that money to keep throwing it to the other guy the way you have yeah. done yeah. in the red zone, and you've done it habitually uh, in, in this past season. You cost us, Josh Allen. Now, the other part is Lamar represents – a major percentage of the offense that's created uh, for the Ravens. And Lamar More also represents – any other yeah. quarterback out there. Lamar also represents himself. Yeah. Him and his mother yeah, represent true. him. Yeah. And so that's where the negotiation – sorry to cut yeah. you off. Yeah. That, that's the other representation part of this. Yeah. And I, so they said they were going to wait till after the season to look at exploring a multi-year deal, which I, I think Ian Rappaport's going to circle back and say, hey, Pat, don't be tweeting that out, mm-hmm. um, you know. I do think they are going to try to negotiate a deal, but if they cannot come to the deal because Lamar still believes he is merit, he merits this much money mm-hmm. and the Ravens think he's deserving of this much money, then, yeah, they're going to franchise tag him. Why would they let him walk? Well, I get what Leon's saying because the, 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 the player feels like he's losing money by the moment, but the other side of it, as bad as it is, and this is just straight old NFL, not for long reality, is that they know well, this body or, or his play – puts his body in harm's way more often yeah. than not, which means that that skill set is going to deteriorate faster than maybe some others. 
Yeah, I mean, and they put all that money. And, and Lamar's looking at it like this too. I, I'm still living off my rookie deal. Everybody else here sporting uh, uh, tens of, of millions of dollars. Look at Kyler he's Murray's still on, deal. Exactly, he's still on his rookie deal. You're talking about the 32 point whatever he's going to get. Mm-hmm. He doesn't get that until. To a what camp, right? Well, yeah. Well, in twenty three, he will get yeah. that money, uh-huh. but he has been playing. We could just go look it up, and he he's probably made a total of forty over a five year period, maybe a little bit more than that over a five year period, and he's ready for that hundred and at the very least one hundred eighty million guaranteed. Because mm-hmm. Kyler Murray got 130 million guaranteed. And what has Kyler Murray done compared to lot. Lamar Jackson? Yeah. Okay, I, I hate to be the. Cheat to be the flipping management, okay? Of course you Last two years. You're going corporate over Last two years for El Boogie, okay? Yeah, go ahead. This year, 17 touchdowns, 7 interceptions, only played 12 games. Year before, 16 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, only played 12 games. What's the best thing about a player in the NFL is your what, Leon? Mm -hmm. Availability. Availability, yeah. Especially if you're the quarterback. Year before, played 15 games. Year before, played 15 games. Now, those two years, I mean, 26 and 9 is very good. 36 and 6 is MVP. Right, but if you're the club, you want ascension. You don't want descension, which is what he's doing right now. So, are you going to pay 220 million for a QB that's clearly, or at least I shouldn't say clearly, for a QB who's trending descension? You pay 240 million dollars guaranteed to a quarterback they ain't playing two years. Well, that was dumb. I'm just saying. Yeah, but they did. It. He's and looking they, at the contract. The He's that's like, I don't care. I know, but not, it's right. not apples and apples, though. That's not how well, it I'm works. I'm just saying with the player, but the player has he has a tendency to look at. Every, I mean, he doesn't count nobody bread. Oh, by the way, the but guy, he's going to look at everybody else bread, and he's going to look at it. Hey, it's got not better. But hey, me. Matt, but the, as, but the last time that guy played, who got 240, he had his best year ever. Well, no, no. As much as you don't want, this is what apples have and you apples. Done for me lately. Yeah. This right. is apples. That's what I'm saying yeah. to you yeah. about Lamar. Same thing. Yeah. This is apples and apples. This is market being set. This is both guys playing the same position with all that salary cap money that's out there. It truly is the same. Whether they play well enough to get it, it's but that, he's. That's what I mean, looking at. he's clearly hasn't played the same the last two years. You guys would that, agree with that, yeah. correct? Yes. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, all right, hang on, hang on. They'll totally. He's, bring he's that also up. missed eight games in the last two years, yes. including a one yeah. playoff game. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, they will totally bring that he's, up. There's he's no 80% on their offense, though, if not more. I don't disagree. And they've been productive. Why Ray, do you got to put me in the position to argue no, for you, management? They man. were a shell. You want to be you're there. You're the reality there. Is, is they were a shell of a team without it. I got yes. to give this credit where credit is due. <laughs> this is Demetrius Harvey, our good yeah. friend from the Florida Times Union. <laughs> Why do the Ravens need Lamar Jackson when they have a Pro Bowl, a Pro Bowl quarterback right. on the roster. Go. Good that point, was said in Demetrius. jest. Don't uh, worry. Yeah. Don't and, worry. Yeah, Snoop. And look, that guy has 65% of what Lamar has. Same kind of skill set. Kind of fun to watch, but he ain't the same cat. Uh, and that, that's really what it boils down to. All right. Now, we're going to get back into some of these you know, wish list comments as far as what you'd get Doug Peterson for his birthday and some of the stuff that you want in free agency because that's the main thing. JJ, you got to uh, pay off a little bit of our Twitter poll right now because it's front and back of your defense that everyone's trying to figure out what direction to go in, and you can go to social media and you can vote on that bad boy. Yeah, what would you rather go after in free agency? Question of the day brought to you by Beaver Toyota of St. Augustine. Pass rusher or secondary pass rusher is winning right now 75% to 20 75 I'm a little surprised. Mm, That's the side I'm on, but I'm still a little surprised by that. Interesting. We'll mm-hmm. go through on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. A lot of folks are literally sending us their mock drafts. Oh, yeah. They're sending us, I would sign this person or this person or this person. Um, I, I do want to say... Tony Baselli, if you are listening, I think you may be in California today, but if you are listening, 
You have created a monster here in Jacksonville by even pitching the thought you know of I've, trading for Aaron Donald. I got an idea. Because everyone and their mother now thinks that that's a reality, and I'm not Aaron sure Donald? it is. <laughs> it was. He I mean, put if it we're going to do that, if he, we're going to do that, yeah. I got an idea. Why yeah. not bring it in Cooper Cup? Yeah. Well, you guys already did the Aaron Rodgers show one time, remember? Yeah. yeah. Never forget. <laughs> ne- a show that will live in infamy. <laughs> it's XL Primetime. We saved you a seat. It's Lunch with Leon on 1010XL. Brought to you by Wingstop. 21 minutes past the 1 o'clock hour on a Tuesday edition of XL Primetime. My dad actually texted me this morning and said, have a great Thursday. Mm-hmm. I said, Uh-oh. sorry, Silent Walt. I like your optimism, yeah. but it is only. Silent Walt's late, Walt. Right, it's only Tuesday. He goes, good thing. He's still in last week. He What's goes, it? he goes, good thing. I have a lot to do on my to do list, so I'm glad it's only Tuesday. Three day work week is what he's operating. We're glad for. you're here with us on a lovely Tuesday. Mia O'Brien, Josie, Matt Hayes, Leon, Cersei, and JJ pushing the ones and twos. Our conversation surrounding the Jaguars, what you would like to see them add during the off season continues. You could check out our Twitter poll question at 1010XL, brought to you by Beaver Toyota as well as hitting us up on the pop-off line, 641-1010. But before we send Leon off for the day, I do want to run through the numbers for the non-exclusive franchise tag this upcoming season. So we referenced that the franchise tag for the quarterback position, of which it sounds like Lamar Jackson would be tagged if he and the Ravens cannot come to terms on a long-term deal, $32.41 million. Running backs. $10.1 $10.1 million, the lowest paid outside of kicker mm-hmm. and punter. Boy, that tells you something, doesn't it? Tells you where the position is at. For a wide receiver, the franchise tag, $19.7 million. The Jags don't mm-hmm. have anybody that they would no. potentially tag. Thank you, um, Calvin Ridley obviously will be – yes, thank you, Christian Kirk. Uh, Calvin Ridley will obviously be playing on the fifth-year option, as will Josh Allen. Here's where we get interesting. Two positions I want to talk about. To franchise tag a tight end. million. So if you wanted to do that for Evan Ingram, who is set to become an unrestricted free agent, $11.3 million. For an offensive lineman, $18.2 million. There's the Jawan Taylor conversation. That's it. $18.2 million. That's hefty, man. That's pretty good. I think that's more than Cam, right? No, he's – well – Cam got seventeen seven or something. Cam got sixteen, didn't he? Cam, I think, is making about twenty three this year. Oh, he is. The cap figure. I don't know if he's making. Yeah, the cap figure. I think like Okay, three seventeen seven somewhere around there. Those are real dollars we're talking about. Eighteen, right? For one, Cam's base salary is sixteen. Yeah. Okay. So, so real dollars, it's it's more now. He got more money up front, so it averages out to be a little bit more. Wow. Twenty years ago, I was highest paid at two point five. Eighteen million, and you were the highest paid back then. Eighteen, just the average of so, the top five so the, guys the from que- last the, year. The question with Ingram is: Do you do you tag him, or do you give him like a three-year, thirty-three million deal that's way front-loaded that you can you know last year's nothing? That's, that's the essence of what he's. Uh, yeah. If he gets it, he would like to have that money up front. At least that's the right. uh, the vibe that he has put out. That was and, my point with Shad telling Doug, yeah. ha- "Happy birthday." Yeah, money is no object. Right, and and figure out the best way to make it. Cap friendly down the line, right. but you still have to pay for it. You know, over the stretch of time. But yeah, that type of money that means he's making eleven million every single year. Right. So. Yeah. So you would give him what three thirty, three years thirty, three years thirty million, and then like, but but make it cap so friendly. Ten so per. Okay. Give a lot how much? Of how much you guarantee in it? Twenty. Probably twenty. Yeah. 20. So Two I want to go through once again, and I want to make sure that I can. Here we go. Salaries by position, making sure that I have this correct at the tight end position. 
Here is what the top tight ends in the league are paid as of the upcoming 2023 season. George Kittle will have the highest base salary in the league at $11.65 million. That's a lot to give. Travis Kelsey will be paid $11.25 million base salary in 2023. Darren Waller, $11 million. Jonu Smith, $10 million. Taysom Hill, $9.9 million. Hunter Henry, $9.5 million. Mm-hmm. I, I think I mean, and, I'm, and more, more of this because this contract was just negotiated. Yeah. TJ Hawkinson, nine point three nine million. Yeah. Let, let me let me just say this about Kelsey: eleven million. That's Worth a it. Steal, stealing money. Absolute steal. An absolute let, let's just take, steal. Let's just take TJ Hawkinson then. And this is what happens: it's what's happened lately financially. Okay, mm-hmm. whatever. If you got if you got Kittle <laughs> at that price and Kelsey at that price, that is a steal. But Hawkinson's the most recent uh, guy because he was moved from one team to right. another. He's He's making that money, and that's probably why Evan Ingram's probably deserving of that money. Yeah, yeah, that, that's a stable case. There, there needs to be a new category, a hybrid, a flex, a, a, something a flex like that. Yeah, yeah. because he's worth t- 18, you said that million. a wide receiver is making what nineteen million yeah, he's a year, easily worth and, that. And, you're let, and you, you're trying to tell me that Kelsey isn't as effective he's as any wide receiver that. in the league, especially in that offense. A, he yeah. could just hold out with the Chiefs and just say, "I want, I, I want nineteen. I want million. wide receiver money, yeah. right? Especially I want wide receiver money. Do you think he's going to do that? Though? Nightmare. You think he's going to do that? I would hell. Yeah. See, I don't think he's going to do that, and that's what this franchise in this town is banking on, is having good soldiers like they had in New England during the Brady heyday and like they evidently do in Kansas City because Travis Kelsey seems more than content sitting around with Patrick Mahomes in the middle of America where it's currently six degrees, um, as opposed to Tyreek Hill, who this time last year made a stink and said, yeah, no, I'm ready. Get me out. I need my money. I mean, you can be a good soldier, but if you're 33 years old, the good soldier goes out the window. Yeah, and Kelsey exactly. is at that. Yeah. We're talking the the flashpoint of his <laughs> yeah, career right now. 33 right now. Yeah. That's, uh, and, and give so, me some money. Yeah, that that's where you are. All right, now, uh, Clarence uh, from the 404. This is what he wants in free agency. Uh, Davenport uh, from New Orleans, a defensive end who is good. Deron Payne, we talked about him yesterday, an absolute machine. And, and, and the guy that you would identify that could be a, a real – Difference maker inside defensive tackle. He's going to be expensive. Uh, he's got Draymond Jones also out of Denver as another one of his wishes. Uh, he puts Ngakwe on his wish list to bring him home. Uh, Hargrave, who we talked about yesterday, okay. another defensive end from Philly. You're just talking about guys that can make an impact along that defense. I don't line. want anybody that can soil the locker room. Yeah. That guy potentially soils the locker yeah, room. Yeah, and, and again, it's just, it's just a wish. But by the way, Ngakwe has been productive everywhere yes. he's gone. Yeah, he, he's and, and and he hasn't been a malcontent anywhere else. He's probably been humbled a little bit more, uh, and has made plays for people. Anyway, I don't know whether that would ever be imaginable because of the money that they've already spent on their pass rusher. But those interior guys, they mean. If something. I'm going to invite the virus, I'm going to invite Jalen back. Yeah, I'm not. You know, if you want to, yeah. if you're going to go yeah. that route. Yeah. Right. go all in. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, honestly, and I, as someone who is a big fan of Jan as a person, was a mm-hmm. big fan of him when he's here, still a big fan of his. I mean, quite frankly, it's kind of like inviting your ex back. Mm-hmm. Do you really, like, as much as you guys are on good terms, right? you really want the ex hanging around your new boo? Yeah. Do you really want that? Yeah, that I get, but let's also not forget, in this, uh, this whole time that's passed, a lot of the other trash has been taken out. Okay, things have changed here. Uh, and what did he have a problem with? What did Unique have a problem with? The, Dave's the, not here. Yeah, and and and, the, mm. and what did everyone else in Duval have a problem with? Dave's not here. Dave, not here. okay, NTC. I mean, NTC. same thing. Dave's not here. Thank, Thank you. you. And, and so, uh, honestly, it, he was not alone. I guess is my point. And they ended up <laughs> offering him a deal. He didn't take it, and he screwed that up. But I don't know whether they even think about bringing. He it walked up. away from mm. what was it, seventeen million? It was close to eighteen, 18, 18 yeah. a year. Like yeah, seventeen, eight, seventeen, nine. Just and by the way, Mia, sometimes you decision. do have a rendezvous with your ex every once in a while. Yeah. Oh. It 
Oh. It can happen. Oh. Bring Jalen back. It's trouble. Don't do it. Don't do it. That's trouble. JJ, I, I'm not, I, you know what? I might want to hear something about this a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I know. That's fascinating. Uh, but did Jalen go after Tony Khan on Twitter? That is yeah. the question. Yeah. I, I, I've, not like you need. If yeah. anything, Jalen told us when the Rams and the Jags played back in 2021, he was very vocal and said, I love the cons. Oh, Shaw, yeah. Tony, and I are great. Yeah, as I told you always all. Leaving the, that's, the, that's the ex who's always open to the rendezvous, leaving the door open. Yeah, yeah. as I told you all back then, it was not TC. Was DC that had as much to do with anything that, that went wrong with, with Jalen? That's yeah. just the way it was told to me. So before we let Leon go, let's circle back to the all all important, all favorite position of offensive line. And if the Jaguars were to franchise tag Jawan Taylor, because do not forget, Trent Balky has franchise tagged Cam Robinson mm-hmm. twice mm-hmm. and then was able to negotiate a yeah. long term deal the second time around. So right now, here are the base salaries in ranking. For right tackles in the National Football League. Braden Smith makes $16 million as the right tackle of the Colts. Brian O'Neill makes $14.4 million as the right tackle for the Minnesota Vikings. Lane Johnson, right tackle for the Super Bowl pending Philadelphia Eagles, $4.15 million. Ryan Ramchick of the Saints, $14 million. Titus Howard with the Texans, $13.2 million. Taylor Moton of the Carolina Panthers, $11 million. And again, to franchise tag and offensive lineman, eighteen point two four million dollars. Yeah, if I'm if I'm Jawan, I want more than all those guys. Why not? Yeah, he's young, right? He's young. He's young, and, right? And, and, and he played he really well this he year. Played really well. You know what yes, he, did? he did? He played every snap. Yeah, I want more than any of those guys. Yeah. Because right. you know why? He's got durability. Someone will do, someone will pay him. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Someone's going to pay him. Yeah. yeah they're sitting absolutely. out there. All right, big source. Before you go, you can just at least uh, chop up this uh, Lamar Josh Allen argument later on, since we were having fun with it. This is off the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. Uh, Lamar is the worst supporting cast of any starting quarterbacks. You could have that argument. The other side. The other side of it. Lamar Jackson in the playoffs, three touchdowns, five picks. Josh Allen in the playoffs, seventeen touchdowns, four picks. And then Win. the other one is the record. Lamar Jackson in the playoffs, one and three. Josh Allen in the playoffs, four and four. So thank you for uh, d- doing that research and pulling it up. But guess what? Yeah. When it's all said and done, they're on the same couch when the playoffs are. None of these one of them made the Super Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. They well, are on the on same, same couch. couch. Yeah, all right. Oh, yeah. Enjoy the rest of the afternoon. <laughs> he, that's his walk-off mic drop right there. Big Sirs out the door at Leon Sorcy Jr. One, you can definitely check him out. But that's really the decision. <laughs> and the other decision is, is that, the Baltimore Ravens are looking at this, and they can choose to franchise him. At least that's the, that's the word. But they don't get to choose between Josh and Lamar. They only have right. Lamar. And that's what makes you make decisions that you may or may not like. You may or may not really want to do it. But are you going to keep him, and are you going to keep him for the long-term future? And so much has been built around him. Offensive coordinator's gone now, but they still have to look and figure out what the heck they're going to do coming up. That's for sure. Can I give you some – Surprising news. This is a completely out of left field, but on the basketball front, mm-hmm. Kansas, Kansas State tonight. Top five showdown. Rivalry. I'm going to be locked in as mm-hmm. an AP voter, as a as a loyal AP voter. Mm-hmm. Only available on ESPN+. Plus. That's strange. And what, what else is? Because of their oh. TV deal with the Big 12. Uh, uh, 
Yeah, those now look, they don't mind sometimes making you go and get their Speaking of money service and streaming. What? To go get that. That definitely can happen. All right, it's XL Primetime. Thanks to Beaver Chevy, Beaver Toyota. They bring you today's show. They've got the Twitter poll up there as well. Beaverchevrolet.com, Beavertoyota St. Augustine.com. Check out all the great deals that they have on both of their lots. So we've been talking about the free agent class, a couple of other names we need to bring up. We've been spending a lot of time on the defensive side. We'll maybe hit a couple of offensive. Are there offensive pieces that this team would want? We'll touch on them coming up. This is XL Primetime. Brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL. 20 minutes in front of the 2 o'clock hour. Coach Cap will be rolling in, talking some ball with you. He's fired up about free agency just like you are. we got to get back to some of the thoughts on the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. Thanks to Beaver Chevy, Beaver Toyota. They bring you Tuesday's show. You can hit the social media side of things at 1010XL with our Twitter poll question. So I told you all earlier that I went to the dentist. And you always have that, like, with apologies to your mom. Like, I. Oh, yeah, it's all right. She's not. Li- it's 140. They're already back in the I'm office. Just You're not, good. My dad may be listening. He'll enjoy the laugh. Like, I like, like, I like the idea, the whole idea of I want to have my teeth when they throw me in the ground. Okay. I want to have my teeth. So I, I like taking care of them, but it's just one of the most uncomfortable feelings you can ever possibly have. So how about making it just a little more uncomfortable this morning? The person that cleaned my teeth, the dental hygienist, shout out to Dr. D. He's such a great guy. The person that cleaned my teeth today, I think I might have changed her diapers back in the day. Okay? Oh That's how either how old I am or how much time has passed. She grew up with my with Annie and so lived right down the road. And here she is cleaning my teeth at, uh, I don't know how old she is now, but successful, happy. And all I can picture is just this little... Run around. Did she hurt you or did she do a good job? Oh, she did a very good job. Oh, that's all that matters. Yeah, she did a very good job. How old is Annie? Uh, in, in early 30s. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so, gravy after that. As long yeah. as she did a good job, it's gravy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But it's just. It, it might hurt just, your pride a little bit, but. Yeah. Who now, her, her dad and I, our very first house together, they live right down the road. We built my house and he was the general contractor and we did it every single night. And it was a six pack and a hammer and nails, and we built a house. He was he showed me everything, and it was just so nice. But I'm looking at her, I'm like, wow, time some time has passed uh, since you were just a little <laughs> run around uh, in you know in diapers, and now cleaning my teeth as the dental hygienist. And I was good, but she did a good job. Yeah, I, you I took need, you know uh, did all the uh, the X rays or whatever. I was gonna say, did shots. you do the um, the fluoride rinse or did you do um, the, the a fluoride poli- the scrub or yeah the, the scrub the polish or whatever you yep. call it? Okay, yeah. okay. But well, I'm good to go. They took any the little X-rays? X-rays. Oh, there yeah. we go. X-rays. Okay. I, I look okay. You got X-rays once a year, folks. Very yeah. important. Yeah. You got the topical lidocaine mm, on the gun. I didn't have any of that. No, they just went in. They listen. They come in. Uh, they got 45 minutes to get that bad boy done. Took a little bit longer than that. But, Bent over uh, you know, they'll go in with happen. that laser. Thank you, JJ. Yeah. I don't have any deadening. Now, JJ went through the one. one. Uh, no, but they, but they got up there with the tool on your gums, right? Oh, they do the laser now. Yes, with the tool. But if, like, like in, in, in terms of speed, I guess, they do the wet kind of laser action yeah. where it's going really fast instead of just the hand-picked tool. All right. 
And I'm all, I'm all right. I'm not, with that. I'm not sure. A wet I'm not laser. Sure yeah, that's what she said. Is that scientific? Yeah. Yep. Is that the Believe scientific me. name? That's for my it? label. I put on it. The wet laser. <laughs> I don't. I don't. There's a dance later. I'll that's show you. That's what she said. I don't think Mrs. Yeah. Walt doesn't use. She uses the pick, right? She's old school. Yeah, no, she uses. The yeah, pick. of yeah. course. Yeah, yeah. No. that's how you clean. Yeah, man. yeah. Oh, no, that's no. why I asked you if you got the topical lidocaine. Yeah, because when you do that, then you don't feel that pick. But they clean. Yeah, but I don't. I don't do. In other words, I don't need any painkiller. You're doing fancy schmancies, what you're doing, yeah. and it's not really cleaning. That's the problem. No, 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 no. You're missing it. It's half and half. <laughs> you sound like my mother. That's yeah, literally yeah. what she would say. It's yes. half and half. They still do it. She's with right the, too. They listen to me. They still do it with the tools. They just add to it that laser. That what is it called, JJ? The wet laser. So you're, laser. you're still getting yeah. the tool under your gums. Yeah. Oh yeah. They're still doing all that, that hurt normal you when they do that, but. It's just, I think what it is is they want to, the laser part of it really goes fast around the tops of your, you know, mm-hmm. inside of your, mm-hmm. of your teeth and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. just so you can have a full cleanse. Wet laser sounds like a, an EDM yeah. group. Yeah. An EDM <laughs> group? Yeah. A, a techno from Euro is, is what they could be. All right. But, I might try it. I yeah, might try it. Yeah. It's not bad. It's not bad. But uh, it just, it kind of brought me back like, holy smokes, you know, there's this little kid that I knew cleaning my teeth. Right, it originally was about the kid. Then we got into the discussion about the- And I'm realizing now, as I'm, I'm looking at the top of our rundown that we set out pre-show, yeah, yeah. we didn't even ask Leon again to tell us about his flood We're story. We're going to have to ask, that, ask him about that tomorrow, because that is a story. There is no doubt about it. Speaking of that rundown that JJ so nicely sent out to us before we started today's XL Primetime, um, top 50 free agent list from ESPN. And I'm, we're going to ask Coach Campo about this coming up in the 2 o'clock hour. He is in the house. Um, but I want to get y'all's take first. Mm-hmm. Juwan Taylor, the 15th ranked available free agent across the board, according it, to ESPN. It's, it's like I told you all earlier, three in the top 50. And I've just really – when's the last time anything like that happened? And Juwan Taylor, if he's the best – he's the third offensive tackle. Is that right? Is that what you have? Uh, yes, okay, I believe so. So, fifteenth yep. best free agent, third best offensive tackle. Evan Ingram is rated as the number twenty-nine prospect overall, the second best. No, he's tight the second end. second ranked offensive tackle. He is second tackle. ranked. Okay, yeah. okay. So you can look at it, and you're talking about guys that other people will covet. We've oh already, no, third, third. You're right. Okay. I forgot about Orlando Brown. Yeah. Okay, and so we've already said this that Juwan Taylor wants his money, and Matt said it. You know, just as well as anybody, is that he's going to make sure unless they tag him, and if they tag him, he's going to be making eighteen million. But he can see three times that amount guaranteed right yeah, now. Yeah, he has to be thinking yeah. on those. You know, in that in that realm, that it's going to be a fifty to sixty million dollar guaranteed deal if he can get his hands on it, at least fifty. And, and why would you? I mean, I mean, Actually, you can tag, tag him, yeah. but you're not going to have a happy guy if you tag him. No. Because he's losing significant dollars. Yeah, and I'd have to go look. And you mentioned Titus Howard with the money that he's making. I was a little surprised by that. Uh, but those types of guys, when they reach this point, they've been playing on a four-year, second-round draft deal. They want their second contract. Yes, they don't yeah. want to get tagged. Right, and they want to be. And that's the guy. You know, if we're if we're talking about Lamar versus Juwan, Lamar, while still not making anywhere near what he feels like he should be paid or is worth. Uh, think about what Jawan's been making and some of these other guys that were drafted a little bit further down. Should be noted, Arden Key, 47th on this list. I'm not sure he gets ranked in that top 50, even after a pretty good season with the 49ers before yeah. the one-year prove-it deal here in Jacksonville. And, and if, we're, if we're telling the truth about what we thought about Arden Key when he was signed, he was a, a late add-on, 
he was a, a throwaway. Oh, yeah, he was like, you just went, oh, okay, all right, we'll, we'll see what he's got. That type of thing. Might have you been the best pass numbers. rusher. Yeah, you looked at his numbers in San Francisco, you're like, okay, I, I, I remember him making a few plays, not a ton. Remember, that's a good bunch over there. You had to uh, flash over a Boson and Armstead and all those other guys, but he was able to come in here and, and make his name known based on, you know, what we're saying, the prove-it deal. I mean, consistently, he might have been the best pass rusher. If, I mean, if you if you he, got if you got Chase on, you know, if one LSU guy talked to another LSU guy and said, "Hey, man, you got to do X, Y, and Z," yeah, you might have something. Well, it would be nice if he could bring him along and educate him a little bit. Key's been around longer. He certainly is more grounded. He's got definitely a feel for what it same takes to, type of body though. Yeah. Same type yeah. of. Athletic I still look ability. at him as being. I look at him as being thicker. He is thicker. Yeah, he is. There's, there's no doubt because he's been in the league a little longer. He's gotten bigger, but he's yeah. They're they're similar. They were similar type players at LSU. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, just one guy has clearly gotten better, gotten figured thicker, and figured it out. And the yeah. other guy has not figured it out. And, again, the number one player in this ESPN ranking of the top 50 free agents is Lamar Jackson, in case you're just joining us. Ian Rappaport saying today on the Pat McAfee show that the expectation, which is, you know, kind of what logic suggests, but looking like Lamar Jackson will be franchise tagged if he and the Ravens cannot come to terms on an agreement on a long-term deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know how. I don't know if it'll get ugly or not. I I, I kind of feel like Lamar has learned a heck of a lot. Maybe even some sobering thoughts from his injury point to the end of the year. Like, what are they going to do to me? Are they going to take care of me, or are they not? Are they going to turn their back on me? Or are they going to try and cheap their way out of this? I guarantee you, those things are running through his head. Whether whether it's real or not, I don't know. But he has to be thinking like, what are they going to do? Back to your side of the negotiation table. It's your move. Uh, back to Juwan Taylor. Pass block win rate was nearly 90%. It's like we owe Juwan a tip of the cap and maybe even an apology uh, for, for, for last year. Let's make this the 10-10 take, JJ. I'm just going to full-on apologize to the man. Now, Josie's 10-10 take. Slow smoked and served up by Sonny's Barbecue, local pitmaster since 68. Don't forget, Sonny's is getting you set up for the big game. You can definitely take advantage of a cool giveaway. All you got to do is text the word Sonny's to 641-1010, and they've got the pigskin party set up for you. That's Sonny's for 10 people for the big game. Text Sonny's to 641-1010. Don't forget, we'll have plenty of other winners picking up Dinners for two, courtesy of Sonny's as well. Jawan Taylor, like sometimes I get in trouble. TLD wants me to apologize, and I go, I'm so, 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 so. And sometimes it's hard to get it out. I'm sorry, Jawan. I'm sorry because I had taken him and told him that Walker Little was going to take his job. That's basically what I had done in my mind. I'm like, Jawan, hey, it's yours now, but it ain't going to be for long, and I have to apologize to him. Because what he has done, he came back from a hamstring injury. He went in there and basically proved that he was as irreplaceable as there was on that line. And Walker Little had to take a back seat to him. And this season, he still is kind of middle of the pack when when it comes to rating overall tackles. But I'm going to give him his due. Close to 90% pass block win rate. Kudos to you, Juwan Taylor. That is the 10-10 take with an apology. You weren't the only one. That's number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, he was their best lineman this year. I, I mean, even, even if Cam's healthy, he's their best yeah. lineman this year. I mean, clearly their best lineman. Brandon Sheriff was off and on, had to deal with a yeah. significant abdominal injury. I also think that Brandon Sheriff helped him. 
Yes. Having a, yes. a pro's pro that, like that yes. next to him. That's a good point. And, and not having rotating guys, not having a guy that's not exactly comfortable with what he's doing. Clearly helped. Yeah, very good point. Clearly helped. And, and, and Sheriff helped both sides. He helped Luke to the left and, yeah, and Juwan to the right. And that's why when people question Sheriff, I'm like, look, yeah. I mean, I understand he's over 30, but I don't think he's over the hill. I think, if anything, he's not only having to mentor those two guys, but also they brought in a whole new zone blocking scheme yeah. to replace the archaic system they had been using under George Warhop. And so he was having to teach all these guys that outside of Fortner and his you know college Very scheme, valuable. Though the other three guys, if you're including Barch or Shatley, regardless, so you could say all four guys mm-hmm. had never played in that sort of system before that yeah. Phil Rauscher brought to Jacksonville. Yeah. And so there was a lot on Sheriff's plate. But I think that, yes, Jawan Taylor proved he deserves money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whether you want to look at that, and I see some people on the text line, as I'm a lifetime enclosure, saying he showed up in a in a contract year. Mm-hmm. But where the manipul uh-huh. where the narrative will be spun either by his camp or by the Jags, if they do franchise tag or re-sign him, is mm-hmm. no. All the difference in the world was the coaching this year. Yeah. And imagine what he could do with another year of coaching. And I can tell you this, that I have been told that there are people in the front office, there are people in the coaching staff, that as much as they fully expect Cam Robinson and Ben Barch to come back healthy, they realize that you're looking and staring down the barrel of your entire left side of the starting line is coming back off a significant season-ending injury. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do yeah. you really want that? Uh, and Not to say that Walker Little is going to be your left guard, right. but saying whether he's your left guard or Barch is your left guard, the other one is a reliable swing back up at both, you know, at the both positions if you're Walker Little. Like, all of a sudden, similar to what they did with the linebacker position this past offseason, an area that was good becomes a strength. Well, just give give Shatley credit for sticking around and staying in that spot. And even though Ben Barch is going to come back from injury, it may not mean he's got the job again. It just may not. Shatley's greatest strength is his strength. Thank you. Always, always. Thank you. That's his and so, strength. at the very least, he held up. And want to talk about their overall pass block win rate? They were all pretty good, not great, but pretty good. And then Cam obviously needs to prove that that he is healthy. But yeah, it can happen in a hurry where all of a sudden you're looking around and things change quickly. But give Rousher a ton of credit. And I do agree with the point, the leadership that, that Sheriff, like just the experience and say, this is how we're going to do this because they needed the overhaul of overhauls is, from the coach on down. They really did. Is Cam's knee the same surgically repaired knee? Uh, other knee, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I believe yeah. it's the other knee. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, but didn't he tear that ACL previously? I think like in high school or college? I don't know. Yeah, I forget. I thought I, somebody said that. I don't know if he that. did. That's yeah. not good. Uh, I mean, that's really the key. Is what Yeah, do you, I don't think so. With I, him. I, I honestly don't think it's what do you think of, of – Jawan, I think it's what do you think of Cam? Mm-hmm. Where are you with Cam right, right now? I mean, do you feel like he can be healthy and he can be a guy that can give you 16 games, or do you feel like he can't stay healthy? Yeah, we all know, you know what that. I mean? Yeah, we all know that you could you could almost if you were able to move Cam Robinson, and this is a big if, if you were able to move him and get someone to say, Someone's "Hey, got a one, I'll right. take that contract, right. I'll take that guy coming off injury, I'll take all of that," and then you have your second round. Uh, third-year guy making cheap money, and then you give Juwan his contract. There's no question that that has to be in Trent Baalke's playbook as a possibility in this free agent. It's off. one of those two odds. It's yeah. either it's either you either you tag Juwan, he's not going to be happy getting tagged, right? Right? Or you say you find somebody to take him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you've got a situation where you can pay Juwan, like you said, and you've got Walker Little left out. And then you're, but you also just paid Cam last year, so what does that say from a, you know, 
Oh, I know. Fiscal and leadership standpoint. I, I know, unless they reward the other tackle. You're, you are right. They're trying to move money off the books to reward another guy inside the locker room. Yeah, they I, can't do both. And they're going to have to. They are going to have to. If that's to happen, they, they have to ask Cam if he's still here to restructure. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah. obviously, it's the second biggest cap number next to Christian Kirk, yeah. who I do also envision them having to ask to restructure. Um, and, listen, if you're Cam... You would think you want that whole line to stay intact. Mm. I understand he wants to be the guy, but at the same time, we saw this year, and somebody said it to me in the locker room in Kansas City. They said, you're lucky in a 12- to 13-year window if you get through two seasons with your entire offensive line healthy. Mm. And arguably, as much as this team had two guys go down, the two guys they had stepped in was seamless. Yeah, had experience. Th- this kind of counts as one of those two years. Yeah. Um, I, I do want to uh, – yes, yes, I was going to say another point. Yes, I want to mm-hmm. make the point. Trent Baalke, for whatever the reason, big Cam Robinson fan. Mm-hmm. This offseason will tell us whether he is specifically a Cam in Alabama homer or if he <laughs> truly is invested in the offensive line. It if he, if he has this weird love for Cam. Well, didn't he hurt his knee? So now he should really love Cam. Right, exactly. <laughs> it, it, well, the fact that he franchised that tagged him twice. Everyone else in this market was looking around being like, Cam's the one you tagged? Yeah. Cam? But well, that's what he did but if, twice. But think about this, though. Honestly, if you're Cam and you know you have bad knees, you know, hey, anything could happen. I could be out. Out as an out forever out. Wouldn't you take upfront money then? If they're going to say, look, we're going to restructure you, you're going to get X million up front. Well, he already got up front money last year. Right, but he's going to get it again if they restructure is what I'm saying. That'd be third year running he got up front right. money, honestly. Right, well, wouldn't it. you take that? Uh, he might. He might, but it's got to, it, it just has to make a lot of sense financially for them to do it. In other words, it's got to clear a fair amount off the books. Both Kirk and Cam have to clear a fair amount off the books for them to be able to get right, that. Right, but, but my point is with Cam is if, if you do that and you take the money up, and then they cut you in 2024, fine. You go sign with someone else three years for whatever. Mm-hmm. Three years for 45 million, whatever it is, you're still going to get another contract. Now you have more cash up front. Well, if he gets that's cash. The, that's the value in doing that, the value yeah. for the players. Sure, anyway. but if he gets cash up front, he's sticking around. No, 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 he is. Yeah. Yeah, right. I mean, for that year he is. But if they restructured to the point where he can get out in 2024, yeah. that could be done as well. I'm interested to get Coach Campo's take. You guys want to get here from? Oh Coach yeah, Campo? absolutely. Yeah. Because Dell kind of you know hit me hard. He goes, pretty soon someone will be changing your diapers, Uncle Joe. So that just kind of hurt me a little bit. Sexel prime time. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars. Let's welcome in XL Primetime's coach Dave Campo. Big smile on Coach Campo's face uh, because the off season means progress. It means getting back to work. Yeah, you didn't hit the finish line the way you wanted, right, Coach? You didn't hit the finish line the way you wanted, but there's still a lot of good that came out of this. Listen, the destination wasn't exactly where they wanted it, but the journey yeah. this year Excellent. was probably Woo. more exciting yeah. than any any uh, season because when you're winning all the time, yeah, they ex- it's expected. In this situation, it was on the line every single day for the last six, uh, you know, seven or eight ball games yeah. of the season. Unexpected, and it came out on the right side most often. All right, so you let's just before we do free agency, I just want to get your thought on AFC and NFC championship games. What did you think of it? What Mahomes was able to do, and, and our collective thought, coach, has been. Jaguars were close to picking off that team that's going to play for the Super Bowl. Well, first of all, the AFC Championship was a typical uh, Bengals-Kansas uh, City 
ball game. You know, they, you know, it's three points, three points, three points, and three points, you know, in the last four. Something else. So, you know, that's a a, uh, credit to those two teams that they they were able to battle like that. Uh, You know, Mahomes, I mean, what do you say about Mahomes? I mean, the guy is a a quick healer. I, I just read an article about him when his father asked him, about when he signed the big contract, mm-hmm. how do you feel today? He said, hey, I don't feel any different. He said, uh, all I care about is, is uh, you know, being the best Patrick Mahomes that I can be. And that's the way he is, apparently. Mm-hmm. And he's just a guy that heals fast and is tough and competitive. And, you know, his, his relationship with Kelsey mm-hmm. is what we're trying to get with Trevor Lawrence and Ingram. Yeah. You know, it's – the. Touchdown pass he threw when he kind of half scrambled and then threw it at the last second. Kelsey wasn't even out of spinning to the inside away from the corner, right. and he threw it right in there. So there's no question the guy's the best in the business. There's no doubt about it. And the one to Valdez Scantling, too, was a laser beam. I yeah. mean, that was fingertips that the defender would have had it. Yeah, now there's no question about his accuracy and all those kind of things. What I'm talking about is that mental chemistry between – players and and that's where longevity makes a difference whether it's with coaching or whether it's with players the more they play with each other the better feeling the quarterback gets with his receivers so as we segue to jaguars offseason free agency what additions should they make two things i think we can kind of take away from that number one of course being how much of a priority is evan ingram and then the other side of the coin coach campo knowing that patrick mahomes has to now go against an eagles defense that 70-plus sacks on the season, four of those defensive linemen, though, are set to become free agents. And a lot of our nooners on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures clamoring for the Jags to bring one of them in. So my question is, Evan Ingram, where does he rank on the priority list for you? And broad picture, pass rush. Where do the Jaguars currently sit with it? Where do they add? Where do they Where do they subtract? Well, first of all, the most help is going to be needed on defense. Offensively, they have a group together now that has proven that they can score in the in the high 20s. And and you know, you're not going to get much better than that going forward, okay? Now, do they need individual guys like Ingram? Absolutely, because first of all, the tight end position is not one that you have to break the bank on. And and with him, uh, you know, I think they could get a deal done where it wouldn't cost them that much money to, to keep the guy for maybe two or three years mm-hmm. in, in a deal. Now, on the defensive side of the ball, though, I think the position that they need, there are two positions they need the most. And you guys have talked about it right along. They need an inside pass rusher, a guy that can play the run, but that can also make some things happen in, in the front, in the passing game. Because we have no pressure inside. So everything is based on the two guys coming off the edge. And right now, those guys are would be better with help inside where the quarterback has to determine whether he can step up or he has to stay back. That makes a difference with the pass rush. So for me, I'd love to get a defensive tackle that can play the run and rush the passer. The other position is corner. And my feeling is that you try to get one of those tackles in free agency and you get the corner in the draft. And if, I think in the 
24th pick, there's a possibility that there'll be a couple of corners there. I think the corners will go what I'm looking at it, and I haven't really studied it. But what, where I'm looking at it from about 22 to 30 is where they're, the corners are all going to go. They're going to go in that area. So if you've got four or five guys that you feel comfortable with here, that would be something that I would consider. All right, so this is a question that at some point is going to have to be addressed, all right? Do they already have that guy, that interior rusher, on their roster right now? Do they, is Trayvon Walker that guy? Does he become that inside guy? Because, I mean, you could say he might get upset because, he, you know, you get paid differently as defensive end. The franchise tag now for defensive ends is $19.7 million. For defensive tackles, it's $18.9 million. It's negligible, okay? So if, if you're this franchise and you've seen him play out there, again, it's one year, so it's, it's an early assessment. But are you is, is part of you as that staff already thinking maybe he might be a better inside guy? Yeah, he'd have to bulk up. Yeah, you know, and that's one thing you don't know. I don't know physically. He's what two seventy five right yeah, now. Where he's at, you know. I mean, I think he'd have to get in the. And again, it depends on whether he's playing a, a three technique, right? Knock down defensive end, or is he playing is he even a front? true defensive yeah. tackle yeah. where he's yeah. taking the brunt of the run all the time? And having to you know defend a double team every single play, to me he would be excellent as a hand on the ground, whether it's a four three defensive end or a three technique tackle. Right. If he bulks up a little bit, and you know again, you know I don't know what he's going to do outside. He doesn't have that niftiness right now of how to change with what the tackle's doing and that type of thing. He's a bull rush. And he needs to be able to counter off of that. We kept so, hearing about his bend. I I didn't see his bend all year. No, I I didn't see it either, to be honest with you. And some of that is just experience and coaching. I mean, you know, I didn't see it. I saw him running around a lot with really not hitting the edge. And I think part of it is the offensive tackles know that's the only thing he's going to do. He's right. going to rush straight up the field. He's not going to counter on me much inside. So I'm going to be able to deep set a little bit and run him around the pile. But he's... Quick enough with his hands and his length inside, he's going to be a problem. Absolutely. If yeah. he's on a guard, forget about it. Yeah. You know, and, and to be honest with you, if he's a 4-3 defensive end where a lot of his game is played on the tight end, he's going to be tough. You know, and, and so th- those positions I think he could be good at. Now, again, I'm not watching him every day. I'm not over there. Right. I- I'm not. Uh, you know, Doug Peterson and Caldwell as far as making a decision whether he can be a great pass rusher outside. Yeah, I hear you say, though, off the tight end. on the, on the the That excites me as far as the potential. All right, so I didn't think we would have the number one overall pick with a homework assignment going into the next offseason, but, but that's where we are. So I want to ask you, do coaches collectively get together and does the general manager hear their input as saying, if we do this, you know, we can we can turn this guy into a player. So it's worth – I think fans would like to hear that. You got a question for Coach? You can hit the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosure, 641-1010. We'll try and include it here or on our Campo and Joe podcast. This is XL Primetime. Brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL. 2 o'clock hour with Coach Campo rolling on. 
Coach Campo does uh, does want to give a little shout out to uh, that other school that you root for, not Miami, the University of Kansas. Yeah, they've got a big ball game tonight. I, they they should have won the game. They should have won the game against K State in the first one, but they didn't. Mm-hmm. And so this is a, a little bit of a grudge match, and there is rivalries in college basketball, and this is one of them. So yeah. it, this is going to be a good one tonight. So it was three years and 10 days ago. So back in January 2020, which I know for most because the pandemic took effect in March of 2020, mm-hmm. that, that, those two months outside of, I think, Kobe's passing, we, we all kind of like don't remember what happened. But Silvio Dosauza, when Kansas played Kansas State, infamously picked up that chair in the middle of a brawl and threw it, uh, quite frankly, to never be heard from again. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, good time to bring up that, that iconic photo. You wow. know, the interesting thing is, you know, the reason that I'm – big with Kansas, it's not only because I was there, because, you know, I was at 12 yeah. colleges. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, you know, Miami, Kansas, you know, you, you got to. But the reason is that Bill Self, you can say whatever you want about him. I know Matt calls him a cheater. I, I, I don't go quite that far, but cheater. But uh, <laughs> he is a he I've been to his practices. He is a football coach coaching basketball. Mm-hmm. And that's what I like about him more than anything else because nothing phases him. It doesn't matter who he's playing, Kentucky, uh, North Carolina, Duke. doesn't make any difference. He's going after the guys the same as if they're playing Cincinnati or whoever whoever it is. Well, he coaches them up. He doesn't cheat as much as Will Wade and those guys down there. Uh, yeah. at least, or at least knows how to not get yeah, caught. exactly. Big there win for the Jayhawks Saturday against Kentucky, so they snap a three-game skid, which I ne- never saw a world in which they lose four straight. So, obviously, a big one tonight. Uh, K-State, also a top-five-ranked team. And, of course, Keontae Johnson, their leading scorer. He's, yeah, he's just been really a great story this year, that's for sure. All right, so I present the question to you again. Number one overall pick, I would like. We can't help but point out the obvious. Aiden Hutchinson had nine and a half sacks. Matt did the math earlier. You got to you got to get Josh Allen plus uh, K, uh, the the three first rounders, Walker, Chason, and Allen to get to ten sacks to beat Aiden Hutchinson's number from this year. But what I asked you was, is there such a thing as a homework assignment between player and coach and the general manager, where you actually have to go into this offseason and say, all right, Trayvon. This is what we're going to work on. Then you go to the coaches. What do you think he's capable of? And then the coaches have to go to the head coach and say, this is what we think. And then we go to the general manager and we say, this is what we need. Can you give us a little patience? You know, can you add some pieces? That's a hell of a lot to do for the number one overall pick. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously, I don't think there was anybody that felt that he was going to be a, a double-digit soccer this year. So it starts with that, mm-hmm. you know. And, you know, did he perform as well as you thought a number one pick should? Probably not. As an overall player, though, he helped this team mm-hmm. this year, no question. Now it becomes it's partly his responsibility to make sure he knows what he has to do, and that's the coach's responsibility. Right. They're going to be talking to him. They're going to tell him what he needs to do. Part of it is maybe looking at every pass rusher in the league and seeing, you know, the moves they make and how they do it and those kind of things. But the head coach will go to the general manager and say, hey, look, this is where we think he's going to be next year. You know, that will be involved in who they draft and how they draft and what mm-hmm. they do in free agency. Absolutely. It's a combination of the coach's evaluation especially, and what the, the, he wants to especially do. Especially if they go to the four-man front. Right, right. Yeah. You go to even front, definitely. All right, so – we know Calvin Ridley's coming. 
Okay. We don't know if he's going to be eligible. All signs point that he will be eligible in April, right? Yeah, is mm-hmm. it April? Yes. Or right. no, February. Uh, February. Yeah, February 13th. Okay, February th- okay. Fe- even better. February 13th. We're two weeks away. All right. So you know he's here. He's going to be eligible. All signs point to that. Um, Marvin Jones likely not going to be here. You've got to draft a receiver, right? How high do you draft one? Or do you hope you can get one in a late round and he's like a Tim Jones guy that comes in and, you know, Shocks everybody in Canada. I, I think it comes down to evaluation where they see people, you know, in the in the one, two, three, four rounds, because Ridley's on a fifth year, right? He, he's playing he's on correct. a fifth yeah, year. Option, yeah. So Plus, they no, can't work him out before the draft. Right? Yeah, like he can't do and, anything, can and he? they can't guarantee that he's going to be here right. more than one year. Correct. Right. Yeah. So you definitely have to look for a receiver in the draft early. Now, yeah, yeah, I would say fairly early. If there's one that that's there in the in the second round, third round, I wouldn't be surprised if they made that move. You know, I think that's part of, you know, it all comes down to who's there and where you're picking and what your evaluation is. And uh, I, I truly believe I've said this a hundred times, but nobody believes me. I really think you take the best available when you pick. Now, do guys get up and down based on what your needs are to where? You, the best available for you might not be the best available for somebody else. Absolutely. But they're not going to be too much deviated. In other words, you're not going to find a guy very often that somebody has slotted as a 33 pick that goes on the 50th or the 60th pick. Mm-hmm. The 33 pick might be 28 or 38. 40 or yeah, 38. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it, it all comes down to that evaluation and where your need is, but relative to where your best available is. So speaking of need, you kind of took us a little bit behind the curtain during the last break, and I know some of our Nooners would love this. Um, last week they had, on Wednesday I believe it was, Wednesday or Thursday, the Jaguars coaching staff, the Jaguars front office, they all meet, they get together. Walk us through, is it a matter of, in the case of Jawan Taylor for instance, is it, is it a matter of, the coaching staff pounding the table and saying, yes, I want to keep this guy, or is it this is my evaluation, do with this information what you will? What actually goes down in that meeting? Well, first of all, they will have done their evaluations by position, and that would have been discussed with the head coach before anything happens. You know, here's where I see him. Uh, Here's what we're talking about for next year, all those kind of discussions. Now it comes down to, Everybody together, and, and I, I would assume that, that the uh, scouting director would be involved in that meeting as well. Mm-hmm. And they will go over those guys, and they will say, you know, here's where we see them, and here's what's available. Uh, the, the assistant coaches and the coordinator, if there's seven defensive guys, I'm just using that number, free agents that they, they might be interested in, they will study those guys just like, they do, but they also have a pro personnel department that has every guy in the NFL graded. So that grade is put together over 10, 12, maybe a year, two years. They've been looking at these guys. So it's a combination of all those things that determine what a guy's value is as a free agent. All right. We got a couple off the text line that we'll ask you and then also, just kind of putting a priority if you had to make the decision as a head coach. And I know you definitely need to let people know kind of where you were as a head coach when it came to free agents. But 
that right tackle and that tight end are being talked about a bunch. Would you go in and publicly stump for one versus the other? We'll do that coming up. It's XL Primetime. This is XL Primetime, brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL. It is 2.33. We've got our head coach hanging out with us, Dave Campo. We will have our Campo and Joe, Campo and Joe podcast coming up a little bit later on. We'll go Facebook Live right around 3 o'clock. So we'd love for you guys to tune in, say hello, join us. And uh, if you've got any questions, we have a few off the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures that we'll try and get here. Or you can shoot them at us now, and we'll try and get them on the podcast a little bit later on. But, Coach, it's Doug Peterson's birthday, and so we were trying to give him birthday gifts earlier. Uh and he's about to celebrate the anniversary of being here. This time a year ago, he was not here. He was not the head coach of the Jaguars, which is crazy. But one of the questions that's asked is, don't you think the biggest Coach P thing he does is put everything in proper perspective with intensity towards effort and knowing your role? Is that like a good good coaching thing that he does? I think that's excellent. Yeah. I really think that that's his strength. And I, I think that his coaching staff – the guys that he's got, the three guys that are, you know, the three that were really probably directly involved with Trevor mm-hmm. is his, they're the, they're the real, not X's and O guys, but the technique guys, the, the, the hard working guys. Right. He's the glue that keeps everything together. And mm-hmm. that's really what that uh, gentleman, whoever said it, it might mm-hmm. be a lady. Mm-hmm. I, I, mean, I don't want to, I don't want to shortchange the yeah, ladies, have, but whoever sent that in. Yeah. Uh, it was they're right yeah. on that. So I see one completely unrelated, but still related to the Jaguars on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures from Breckenridge and in Arlington. That Coach Campo, you and I were just talking about when we look back at the AFC and NFC championship games. He says, "How do you feel, Coach Campo, after the tackling techniques these players seem to be using more and more? It used to be the defender would try to drive through the ball carrier. Now they." grab and pull down like a wrestling steer, which is leading to some nasty knee and leg injuries. I would love your perspective on this issue. Well, you were, we just, you were had just that, talking to me about we it. We just had that discussion, and, and, and that's the problem with safety because uh, you look at, at uh, all the head injuries that were happening. So the league said you can't launch. You can't hit with the head. You can't hit a defenseless player, you know, catching the ball. All those things – were to protect the upper body. Now all of so when you start teaching tackling, you're you're not going to stick your head into the middle of a guy's body. You're going to put it to the side, and when you put it to the side, you're going to roll. And uh, we were talking about Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll started teaching rugby tackling out in Seattle. That was to combat the head injuries. Uh-huh. When you attack the guy, attack him at the middle. Keep your head on the outside. Hit and roll, and that's what's happening now. Now all of a sudden it's gone from the head down to the legs. Pretty soon it's going to be flag football if they continue to keep doing that. That's a freak injury that happened in that game to Pollard. It just happened to roll on him at the wrong, in mm-hmm. the wrong way. That's not as devastating to me as hitting with the head Right. Head injuries, all those kind of things. So I don't know if you're going to get another rule. That, to me, would hurt the league, in my opinion. All right, I want to take you back to your first season as a defensive coordinator, the first time you ever called plays in the NFL. In the offseason, 
What did you do to make yourself better, to make yourself more aware of what you were doing? How did you self-scout? And what can Mike Caldwell do to change the way he coaches in year two? That's a great question. Uh, What I did was I looked at my players and I said, okay, what can we do differently? And, and, I, and to be honest with you, I actually did it during the season because we didn't zone blitz until the playoffs in 95, going through the Super Bowl. And obviously two of them got us interceptions in the Super, Bowl, the Super Bowl right? for a touchdown. I mean, not touchdown, but won the football game. You're going to look at your players and you're going to say, number one, you know, what can my guys do? So that's the first thing. And that's going to determine. We've, we've made changes – uh, based on whether or not we had a linebacker that could play middle linebacker and go sideline to sideline in the 4-3, or we had a linebacker that was just one of those big, strong, play the guard right. in a 3-4 defense. Right. And we made a change from one year to the next and went from, I think we were probably seventh in defense, and we went to fifth in defense. So that will be done, okay? The other thing that will happen with him, and what I did, was I looked at the top defenses in the league, and I looked at what they were doing, and that was part of the way we got to the zone blitzes. Uh, looking at Pittsburgh's uh, coordinator uh, that's in the Hall of Fame, Hello. Dick LeBeau, Dick LeBeau and, and uh, Fritz Shermer, who was in Kansas City, and those, were, those guys were three, four guys, but we implemented the zone blitzes into the 4-3. We just did it a little differently. Instead right. of a defensive end in the 4-3 dropping like an outside linebacker would in the 3-4 when you run a zone blitz, we played them man-to-man on the tight end so that he didn't have to, he didn't have to look around. sit out there, look yep. around, be an athlete. All he had to do was hit the tight end and run with him. And so you, you, that's what they'll be doing. They'll look at the best ways – to improve the defense, to get done what they need to get done. Will they go like college staffs meet with other staffs and they exchange ideas? Will they exchange ideas, or that not does that not happen in the NFL? You know that doesn't happen that often. Although at the combine, groups get together. For example, we had DB meetings at the combine in in off times when the DBs weren't working out. Right, and all the DBs in the league got together. DB coaches because it was co- DB coaches. Mm-hmm. You know, like the the the, the uh, a clinic, mm-hmm. and guys talked about how they teach press technique, how they do different things, and so that does happen. Uh, and you know, whether or not it happens today, I don't know. But when we changed defenses, the first year that I was a head coach, Mike Zimmer was a defensive coordinator, and Mike had his own ideas about everything. I had to keep his ideas in the pile. Not all hits, right? right? Which I love because he wasn't an, a yes man. But when he got to coordinate a job, he wanted to rush the passer on every down and then play the run off of whatever. Well, we went to like 17th in defense, and, and Philadelphia ran for 200 and something yards in the first game against us. So in the offseason, I sent he and our linebacker coach, one to talk with Kip, Kifflin. Uh, Kiffin, Monty Kip, Kiffin. Uh, Ki- yeah. uh, Monty Kiffin. Kiffin. And and one to talk with, uh, I think, Pittsburgh. And they came back. They allowed him to come in and talk, and they came back, and we changed our defense. We went to the Tampa 2 style of defense, and that's what we did. And then we went back to Zimmer being close to number one every year. Mm-hmm. And so it happens. I don't know if it happens today, but it did at that time. All right, real quick, before we run out of time, would you stump? 
or a tight end or a right tackle, which would be the biggest priority. If you had to go in there, you knocked on Balky's door, you said, I need, I, I want this guy. I'd, I'd franchise the tackle and pay the tight end. Okay. That's okay. what I would do if you wanted both of them. Uh-huh. Now, right. uh, the tackle's you know, not going to be happy. The tackle's not going to be happy. Right. And he played really good on, on, a, on a contract year. But he has to understand that that franchise tag, he's not going to get more than that franchise tag. What you have the problem with is if he got hurt or something on the franchise tag, yeah. then it hurts when you don't have a long-term sure. deal. Or he now, regresses were, to what he was previous to this yeah, season. And right. if you give him a little upfront money, that might make the difference. But that's what I would try to do if, if it came down to us not being able to handle his – Both of those, the, yeah. the, Well, and not be able to handle – uh, individually, money-wise, mm-hmm. with with the tackle. I got you. I got you. That's good stuff, Coach Campo. As always, we appreciate it. You and I, a little Campo and Joe podcast. He'll go to the green room, get some makeup on and all that stuff, and then, <laughs> yeah. and then we'll get Facebook, Facebook Live. live. Right? I, I really have a good face for, for uh, radio, but not, <laughs> not necessarily live TV. <laughs> Thank you, Coach. Thanks, As Dave. always, we'll say hello to the Francis Show coming up here in just a second. Remember this? I don't believe what I just saw. That is a disgusting act by Randy Moss. You believe in miracles? Yes! Touch them all, Joe. You'll never hit a bigger home run in your life. Time now for a Modelo moment. Make your next moment with a Modelo. Slipping down is Williams, and he gets sacked at the 24-yard line. Boy, whistle dead, and he's hurt. He might be hurt. Williams going deep. Sanders beats Haynes. Sanders out in front. 80 yards. Touchdown. Hello, sports fans. <laughs> Whoa. One more play, and then the celebration will begin. This ends what has been a class week for the Washington Redskins and Doug Williams in particular. Our congratulations to Joe Gibbs, the Redskins, and in particular, Doug Williams. I like going back with these Modelo moments. That was a great one. That was the first black quarterback in the Super Bowl, winning the Super Bowl, Doug Williams. And as much as that was a big accomplishment, Al Michaels was once again excited. Once again excited. That's two days in a row. Yeah, he must have had. We're just going to have to channel our Al Michaels from th- how, how long ago was that, JJ? 1980? Ni- 35 years ago, yeah, yeah. so I, I, 88. I mean, yeah. I mean he yeah. got a mill for that. Yeah. Yeah. He got a mill to say, oh, yeah, Flag okay, on the play. Good. Flag on the play. All right, it's good. It's against the defense. A mill. Over. You know what's sad yeah. is this Super Bowl, we're going to have the great call from whatever Burkhart. Yeah. yeah. Kevin Burkhart's pretty good. He's though. good, though. I'm fine with that. He's good. It's going to be better than it's good. I agree. There's a flag. But that was a great moment with Doug Williams, and now we will have two Black quarterbacks in the Super Bowl, which is pretty dang good. You talk about the skill set of both of those guys. Jalen Hurts is as good a story as it gets this year. That's for sure. Now, the two-minute drill. Brought to you by Tire Outlet. Keeping the rubber on the road with wholesale prices and premium service. Tire Outlet, Jacksonville's largest locally owned automotive repair shop. Free agent Hayes. I see him right now. Brandy's show getting ready to roll. Free agent. I want a fully guaranteed contract. (laughs) You see all the possibilities. That's that's what Al Michael should have been like right there. That's right. Yes. Yes. I love Al. 
a little. Yeah, I love Al thirty years ago. Yeah, but well, I love Al two years ago. <laughs> yeah, but he, he he needs to he needs to get that fire back. He's like, out wh- to lunch. When did they hand him the million dollar check to do that game? Do you think when he got to the press box elevator, did he open the envelope? Wouldn't and that just be look great? And- if he won't do the game unless he's been handed the check as he walks <laughs> yeah, off the yeah. elevator. Yeah, I think he's become that guy. I think just a little bit. All in small bills. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I want to walk out with a suit. Non sequential. Yeah, exactly. Non sequential uh, tens. Oh, uh, all right. Now uh, you have spent the money well. I think uh, with the piece that you did at tintinxl.com. Well, thank if you. you. If I'm you very good at it. spending other people's money. Yes. If you haven't seen it, go. Look at it because it a it's not easy to do the math and and it but it's a sensible approach. You're not just whacking guys left and right. You're making sure that it's that it's responsible. But in the end, do you think that they can pull that off? And you know, we've been talking about Juwan's numbers and mm-hmm. Evan Ingram's numbers. You think it's possible? They absolutely can create the space. Then it's can they make the deal? Mm-hmm. Uh, so the first prong is create the space. That they can do, and they can do it relatively easy and, and painlessly mm-hmm. and without really sacrificing a whole lot you know, into the future right. in terms of putting them in a, in a tough spot. Keep in mind, the cap is going to explode next year because yeah. there's TV money that will hit the books that's not there now. It's already so, up $20 million, Correct. So yeah. next year, it's going to really spike again, probably yeah. even more so than it did this yeah. year. So that helps. And uh, you know, so I think so that's the first thing. Can you create the space uh, without a lot of pain? They can do that. Then you you merge into the more difficult territory of can you get the deal done? Can you convince Jawan Taylor and his agent mm-hmm. that the money that you're offering, the contract you're offering, is as good or better than anything that the other 31 clubs would do? Tough. And that's tough. Yeah. And it's going to be tough with Evan Ingram, mm-hmm. and it's going to be tough with Arden Key. Um, they can do it. But, you know, as, as Trent Balky's pointed out, it really every general manager that, that we've ever talked to has pointed out, it takes two. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, the, the player has to and the player's agent has to say, yes, this is this is great money for right. where we are. Yeah. And, you know, if you're happy here, we're not going to do much better than this. Mm-hmm. So if you like it here, probably should, you know, agree to this. I don't know if you heard Coach Campos, you know, basically sign Ingram, tag Jawan. Yeah, that, that would work. Yeah. I mean, you have the tag. I know they've said they don't want to use it, but it is there at their disposal. And I, I would be very disappointed if they didn't use the tag and they lost Ingram or Taylor. I agree. Uh, totally that, agree. to me, wouldn't make a lot of That's sense. That's not going to happen, yeah. though, right? You're, I don't you're, think you're so. Not, I, you don't have it and not use it, right? Correct. I would be surprised if, if, if they let Ingram and Taylor hit the market without using the tag on either one of them. Although Trent did say to us last week he anticipates he won't have to. Obviously, you have to keep your poker face and say that. But it is going to be curious if truly it is kumbaya and other guys are agreeing to restructure to keep the rest of the nucleus intact. What's coming up? We are going to talk all sorts of Jaguars. We also are going to have our scholar athletes stopping by at 340. We always love that. So, uh, yeah, it should be a fun Frangie show coming up. All right, Hayes. Appreciate it, my man. Free agent Hayes Carline. Fired up, ready to spend someone else's <laughs> cash. We're all good at that. All right, we see, we are out. We say thanks to Beaver Chevrolet. We will not spend your money with them. You go spend your money with them. Look at the deals. Look at the quality. Look at the people that you will work hand-in-hand with with the purchase and the sale afterwards. BeaverChevrolet.com. BeaverToyotaStAugustine.com. We are out. The Frangie Show coming up next. Helmets and heels later on. 6 to 8. See you then. And then you'll have Rick Ballou after that. It is 1010XL 92.5 FM.